This is why we have the best fans in the world. Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. And this is our 137th episode of Talk Direction. How are you today, Lucia? I'm good. Um, it's been a stressful couple of weeks, as I think I said on the last episode. Mm-hmm. But um, I have like nothing to do today except record this podcast and like hike my dogs and then hang out oh, with my friends. So that's so I'm nice. Feeling I know. I'm feeling relieved that I have, like, a day to, yeah, relax. I love that. And I love when you have a day where you're, like, I'm not going to stress about something, like, where you should yes. be doing something else, but, like, you've actually, like, blocked off time, and you're, like, this is what I'm doing today, and it's all, like, nice. Yeah, exactly. I have to really, like, schedule in my downtime, because otherwise I won't have any, because I have my own business, so if I don't, like, literally write into my schedule, like, no work, then I'll right. just be working 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, besides talk direction, <laughs> I don't run my own business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I find talk it, direction is kind of like a, like a small business. Though, I mean, the in amount of some time ways, it takes you. Yeah. It's more of a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. That's more accurate. <laughs> more of a nonprofit, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it does, I do spend a lot of time, I was just saying to Lucia, I probably spent like seven hours record, um, editing the last episode. If you guys didn't listen to that, go give it a listen, because that I put a lot of time into, where we discussed Meet Me in the Hallway, and I added in a ton of extra clips um, yeah. from multiple different last, songs. Yeah, the last episode was really, really fun to listen to, because Caitlin put in like, every like time we would like talk about a certain part of the song, she would like edit in that part of the song, and yeah. so very fun to listen to yeah so definitely go go appreciate my hard editing work there (laughs) (laughs) how are you how has your week been it's been busy because I'm testing participants now and I mean that's good in that like I'm finally getting that done but it also means that like I'm having to wake up and I mean okay I get that everyone wakes up like earlier than me on the regular (laughs) but like this was my, my sleep schedule was like go to bed at like two three wake up Mm -hmm. at like 10 30 and now all of a sudden it's like shifted where I'm waking up at like 7 and going to bed at like 12 Um, yeah so it's just it's hard to like make your body make that shift so I've just been super super tired and like also getting like six hours of sleep instead of seven and it's just like wow that's a difference and yeah I used to do that in undergrad and, but, like, you can feel that pain in your eyes when you don't get enough sleep. And, like, I'm constantly yeah. yawning all day. And it just, like, there was one moment where it was, like, midnight and I was trying to cook myself dinner because I hadn't eaten. Because this was the night I was editing. I was editing that massive episode. Um, uh-huh. And, like, the chicken was taking so long to cook. I was starving. <laughs> and I was, like, uh-huh. staring in the mirror. And, like, I almost, like, broke down into tears. <laughs> I was just, oh. like, sleep deprived <laughs> and hungry and, like. It was just a mess. So yeah, I'm glad to be like recording today and like just chilling out a bit. Um, yeah, definitely need that little break after this past week. Yeah, I hope you'll like just adjust better to the different to the different yeah. sleep schedule. It's so hard to 
like retrain yourself to sleep different hours it really is like because I haven't had to get up that early since like February and not even then I was getting up at like 8 30 in February Um, yeah so oh it's just been a bit of a mess but you know we're getting through it (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so today's episode is gonna all be about Carolina pretty much the entire episode because we figured that it was just, we were going to have a lot of stuff to say because there just happens to be. Carolina is one of the songs that, like, just from the beginning, like, I knew it was going to be a big episode just because there's a lot of, like, controversy about it and things that aren't mm-hmm. so great lyrically um, in terms of, like, misogyny and we want to talk about feminism and all that type of stuff. Um, plus, like, the music and the lyrics and going through that. So this is just one big Carolina episode. Um, but on patreon.com slash talk direction, you can catch our talk direction down low episode, which is pretty much just a mini podcast episode. They've been like 40 minutes and upwards lately. So it's a pretty good chunk of audio that you get. Um, and that happens every week we record after we record this episode. Um, and today we're going to be talking about Niall on Twitter and his plane ride with the two dads and the baby, which we didn't get around to talking about on last uh, Talk Direction Down Low episode. And then we're going to further go into um, Harry's next album and how he should, um, I guess, like, sort of going off of Carolina and things we didn't like in on Harry's first album in terms of, like, how he wrote about women women Mm -hmm. um we're going to talk about like how that can change for next time and like who he should write with and what type of songwriting like tropes we want him to avoid um and like what positive things we'd like to see um and how he can grow in um I don't know do things differently um so that we don't end up with the Carolina 2.0 on next album um so Mm -hmm. yeah if you want to hear all that go check out patreon.com slash talk direction and you can become a patron. Um, okay, so moving into the main discussion right away, um, I feel like I don't know. I I think I think right from the beginning, this song, everyone was talking about it, and like everyone was like quite aware right away that like this didn't sit necessarily well with us. Is that what you remember from when this song came out? yeah I do remember that um um I remember yeah a lot of people had a lot of people either yeah I feel like a lot of people had problems with it and then there was also it was one of the songs that was more publicized because there was a lot of um tabloid type articles Mm -hmm. about it online about like who's the girl because it's about a real person um And then that kind of further created a lot of discussion around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because this was one of the songs he sang live early on. It was like on the Today Show, he sang He Performed Carolina, which was before the whole James Corden week thing when we got like Mm -hmm. a ton of different songs from him. Um, Yeah, that's right. It was one of the first live performances he did. Yeah. And that pink suit. Exactly. I know. Now that whenever I hear Caroline, I always picture like the color pink, like because of that yeah. pink suit. It's a very like pink song in my head. I know. I feel upset about that pink suit though, because after, so he like wore that suit and then I had a, I went to a wedding last year, um, like a mutual friend's wedding and I had an ex show up 
and she was wearing um like that exact suit (laughs) and we're like not on good terms very upsetting to me and I was like I bet she's trying like copying Harry oh my god wait was she a Harry fan (laughs) yes well, there you go. <laughs> I hate that when, like, you have something nice that you want to, like, keep that's, like, good for you, but then, like, uh-huh. someone else, like, ruins it because, you know, they make you think of, like, them or whatever. Like, there's been music I know. that has happened where, like, it ruins music for me, and I'm like, yeah. I don't want it to ruin this music. Like, this is mu- good music, but... <laughs> yeah. I know. I ha- I've managed to hang on to One Direction and Harry, but when I was looking at the video of that performance with Carolina today and looking at that suit I was just all I could think about was yeah my bitter feelings <laughs> yeah well I'm not gonna let your ex get to me I love that suit <laughs> good good for you <laughs> yeah um yeah I, that was like one of the first ones and so it was like yeah I think you said like all the tabloids were trying to like figure out who was about blah 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 mm-hmm. I feel like that was more less fans and like more like media, you know, I feel like the fans yeah. don't care as much. I know. It's always interesting because I, I can never tell if like, if there's like the general fandom that I know and then there's like the media or if there's like different like factions of the fandom that like, mm-hmm. I just don't know. Yeah. Cause sometimes I'll look through articles and stuff and like, I'll, or I'll like see, I'll like do a search on Twitter or something. And like, I will see a bunch of fans talking about stuff, but I'm like, I didn't see that when it was happening. Yeah. Like, I don't remember fans talking about that stuff when it was happening, but then they're yeah. there. Because it, it does, like, it's who you follow and who you surround yourself with right. as well. Um, that you see certain things. Like, sometimes I search things and I'm like, oh, I hate everyone on here because they're yeah. talking about this and it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, it maybe never came up in your own feed unless, like, someone was, like, combating what someone was saying. Right. Yeah. And I feel like when I was for the first few years that I was into One Direction, I was mostly just like on Tumblr and I had a very like small circle of like people like the fandom that I was paying attention to. Mm -hmm. So even now I feel like I have a broader idea, but there's still sometimes stuff that I'm like, oh, those people exist. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. There was this article, I think, oh, just like generally in articles, I feel like the media, and I feel like, I think I tweeted this, where like someone writing the article will always be like, fans were dying to know who this was about. And I'm like, what fans are you talking about? Like, obviously, like you said, like maybe we just don't follow them. But I hate them Mm -hmm. like using fans, like this anonymous like group of fans as if we're all clamoring to know who a song's written about. And, like, a lot of the time, we just don't care who it's about. Yeah. Like, I hate that. I hate how they, like, use us as, like, a scapegoat to, like, talk about, you know, to create this article and blame it on, like, the fans as if they're not the ones writing the article. Yeah, I know. It is annoying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, this song was written by Harry Styles, Jeff Basker, Thomas Hole, Mitch Rowland, Ryan Nassi, Alex Salivian, Salavian, Salivian, <laughs> don't know, and Tyler Johnson. Um, and this is the third song on the album, and it sits between Sign of the Times and Two Ghosts, which I guess is kind of interesting because it's quite... Um, it's quite like an upbeat song and those two are a little bit slower. Um, but I, yeah. don't, I, I don't mind it like transitioning into that. Yeah, I don't mind it either. Um, I think it's well placed as mm-hmm. far as like the tempo and stuff. 
Yeah, and I love how, like, as Sign of the Time ends, like, I'm just, like, I anticipate Carolina starting and, like, hearing that music, because, like, I know Mm -hmm. the order of the album, sort of, like, instinctually. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, Yeah, the other thing I was going to say, too, about what you were talking about, like, the tabloid articles and stuff, is that, like, one of the things that frustrates me is, like, oftentimes what I really want to know is, like, the musical aspect of music, mm-hmm. <laughs> like how things were written and constructed and like about the production, how we were talking about on the last episode about like, you know, getting to know like how songs were written and like the instruments and stuff like that. And I feel like with, with, I think it's most pop artists, like there's such a strong focus on just like the, the drama and like the tabloid yeah. stuff. Um, and I feel like even people who I like, like, still do that like um Nick Grimshaw I like love him but like Mm -hmm. even when he's like interviewed Harry he's very much like wants to talk about like the gossipy things and like kind of tease him about it which is fun I like that I like I like the interview he interviews he's done with him I think they're Mm -hmm. entertaining but it's like I don't really care like I want to know about the actual music I know (laughs) I I mean we said it on last episode but honestly I love to have Harry do a live listen of his album like you know how back in the day on like DVD bonus editions they'd have like the cast sit mm-hmm. and watch the movie and talk and like you could listen to their commentary that's what yeah. I need Harry to do for his album and like right he doesn't have to talk about anything of the meaning of the lyrics but he can talk about so much about oh at this moment I remember someone like made a funny noise and we decided to include it because it sounded cool or something like, right yeah that type of stuff I feel like yeah there's like yeah I think a lot of fans want to know like are interested in that Mm -hmm. stuff more than like the gossip around yeah exactly exactly like we don't care or or we already Mm -hmm. know and we don't like need to like go further it's like (laughs) I mean some songs it's obvious who someone's talking about and you're just like okay like there's more right. to life than, like, discussing this. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's also different, like, if someone's actually going in depth about, like, if, if Harry were, if they were, you know, asking him, like, oh, who's this song about? And then he was, like, going in depth about, like, the person the song was about and why he chose certain lines and why it, like, you know, means something about them. Like, that mm-hmm. would be interesting, but, like, that's not what's happening. Right, It's yeah. just the media being, you know, speculating and stuff, yeah. and then that's annoying. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so, oh, about this also, we know for this song, he was sort of in, like, a, um, writing slump where he hadn't written really anything for a couple weeks. Um, Right. So he decided to, like, go have, like, go out and live life a little bit and have some experiences (laughs) rather than, like, Mm -hmm. sit and, like, try to force songs out. Um, Mm -hmm. and when he came back, he just, this Carolina came together and I think this was the last song that they wrote and it was sort of the song that they felt was missing on the album and then yeah once they wrote this it was like great we've done it (laughs) Um, yeah I think they said they wanted something more they it like was missing something more fun yeah and I'm I'm glad they they had that like trying to look at the album as a whole and see what was missing um, yeah like balance it out and like, when I think about, like, Niall's album, I'd rather there have been more songs like Slow Hands. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, Liam's, hopefully he'll have some ballads mixed in as well to just, like, give it a mix of different types right. of songs. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then I've also included, if you're a Patreon uh, supporter, you can go check out the Google Doc um, or just Google uh, the picture. But we have the actual picture of what Harry, like how when he wrote the lyrics down, which I think is so cool. Um, mm-hmm. And like it's pretty, the lyrics that he wrote down are pretty much exactly what ended up being the song. I'm not sure if this was the first time yeah. he wrote it down or if this was like him writing it down so that when he sang it in the studio, he had the lyrics in front of him or right whatever. But I mean, it looks like he just like just flowed out of him because there's just yeah. no mistakes. It's interesting too because the chorus isn't on it. It's just all the verses. And oh the yeah, bridge and stuff. Good point. So Let's I, play I the chorus if... on one of the other songwriters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I wonder if he wrote this and then, and then, you know, when he went to record it and stuff that they came up with it together or someone else suggested it, you know, Huh? that really makes you think that really does. It does because you can see he's clearly thought out this whole song and he's like written the verses like one on top of the other. So Mm -hmm. it's not like he was thinking about, yeah, a different chorus. Interesting. I mean, we can't take the blame off of Harry because he approved these lyrics. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, that shows you that, like, the influence of the songwriters that you surround yourself can change the song. Yeah. Um, Not that we know that they're the ones who came up with the good girl or whatever, but, you know, it wasn't written. That's such a good point. It's not written in this draft. Yeah. Um, unless, like, he just wanted the, unless, again, this was, like, a, a version down the line where he knew the chorus well enough and he just wanted the verses right. when they're recording. Yeah, or they had already come up with a chorus for a fun song yeah. and then he, like, came up with this after. It's also interesting because he wrote town, not towns, mm-hmm. and it's underlined. as almost as if he was, like, am I going to put the name in or am I just going to say town yeah. and make it vague? Like he wasn't Interesting. Or, or like, like, Oh, I need to make sure this is actually right. Was her, was like the name town right. or towns or like, Oh let me yeah. Double yeah, check yeah. this. Um, yeah. I love how he writes in all caps too. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> he does. That is interesting. Yeah. That's so cool. I wish we got this for like every song. Cause just like you said, I with know. the town and pointing out that there's no chorus, like you can really mm-hmm. like take things from like the written lyrics. Uh, hey, Niall's done that. Yeah. He's put out his like yeah. first writings, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like you know, there's like, what are the, what are the people like the job it is that people like read old documents and like analyze mm-hmm. the, the words and whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it's. That's what we but... need. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't know if this photo is just cut off in the doc, but I'm looking at it in my lyrical booklet and under at the very end in the corner that's cut out, he wrote la la la. <laughs> oh yeah. I just got this from Google. So it, yeah, it's also really funny the way he wrote the A's. Oh, yeah. They look like stars. Wrote, some of them. Yeah. Yeah. But he obviously, yeah, knew that there was going to be La La La's. When he was yeah. This. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, so I wonder what, what version this is. Um, yeah. What If he had previous ones. Very intriguing. Um, yeah. Is that his thumb? I can't tell. I mean, that, that thumbnail looks too long, because didn't he cut his to play the guitar? Oh, you know what? Wait, I'm so confused. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> the thumb, so it's a photo, fo- someone took a photograph of the booklet. Oh, And the okay. thumb is the person's photograph. Okay. I mean, the, I mean wait. 
The thumb is the person's thumb who took the photograph. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I just... Yeah, because you see the little pink? That's, like, the outline of it. Yeah, okay, yeah. I just grabbed this from Google, and I was unclear (laughs) as to what was happening. Um, But I knew there was a version of Caroline. I think we saw Caroline and Two Ghosts is also out there. Or something. Was it Two Ghosts? I don't know. No, no. Oh, there's another... There's another, like, written lyrics? Yeah, I think there's another one somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's cool that we get to see this. Yeah. Um, what was your first time listening to this song like? Do you remember where you first heard it? I do. So I listened to the whole first album, or I listened to the whole album for the first time um, at my house. I had li- a listening party with some friends when the album came out, and so we listened to it straight through. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when the song started... I really liked it because there's this little whiny sound in the beginning that I keep saying is a violin, but I don't actually know what the hell it is. <laughs> but um, I really loved that. And then I really liked the sound of the verse. Um, and then the lyrics, like particularly in the chorus, um, made me un- a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, yeah, and then sort of as a whole, I would like, there was sort of a sort of theme and in a lot of the songs that was kind of shocking to me and in an upsetting way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there was a lot of songs that were like um, very obviously like, he, like about women, like using like the word woman or like she, mm-hmm. and in a way that I felt like a little uncomfortable about, cause it was kind of like a rock star, like, like misogynistic, like macho thing yeah. that kind of freaked me out. Yeah. And I think we talked about this before, but but as we were able to see him performing live and doing interviews and stuff, like that I like I don't feel the same way anymore because I've sort of seen um like more of him and stuff and so I don't feel as like freaked out or uncomfortable about it. Yeah. Um but when I first listened to it I definitely remember feeling really uneasy and like, oh god, like is Harry gonna turn into someone who I like hate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What about you? So, yeah, the first time I heard it was when he performed it on the Today Show, which was on May 9th, so just three days before his album came out. Right. Um, So, yeah, I I remember, like, saying, like, should I wait or should I just watch this video and, like, listen to the song? And I was like, I'm just going to watch it. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I think the pink suit sits so clearly in my mind, too, because, like, the first time I heard the song was when he was wearing that pink suit. Um, it right. wasn't like I'd like formed my own opinion f- like without the suit first. <laughs> yeah, it was just like well, very now, like glued in my now head. that you yeah, and now that you say that, I forgot that the song came out before the album, and so I think what happened is like I had I had listened to like a tiny bit of it of the clip of the live song, and mm-hmm. the quality wasn't good, and I didn't want to like ruin it, so I stopped listening, and I was like, I'm just gonna wait till the album comes out uh, so I can hear it. Okay, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. But you listened to the whole thing live first. Yeah, and I don't remember what my immediate reaction was. I mean, I remember loving the music and thinking, like, oh, this sounds like the Beatles. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I was, like, also, like, what the hell is he singing? And I was kind yeah. of, like, trying to figure out how I felt about it. I feel like sometimes you can't immediately be like, oh, this is wrong. Or, like, right. sometimes it's like, okay, well, this isn't right, but, like, let me dissect it further and, like, figure out why. Obviously, like... Uh, my mind went through to the Robin Thicke song, which I hate, where he says good girl. So I was like, okay, well, yeah. that's not great. 
Um, so I think like, I loved the music so much, but I was also going, I hate this chorus. Like I hate like mm-hmm. the words of it. Um, but I don't want to write it off right away. And like, I need to figure out, I need to sit and be like, is there another explanation to this? Yeah. <laughs> like, how can I make this work? Uh-huh. Um, but I know, I remember after that, like after listening to it, I like immediately had it on MP3 and was like listening on repeat. Like I loved the music so much. I loved the la la la. Mm. Like I loved the verses and like I liked parts of the chorus, not the she's mm-hmm. the good girl, but I don't mind the she feels so good. So like I was like digging all the good stuff about the song and just trying to enjoy it even though knowing like logically it wasn't like good, but at the mm-hmm. same time like I just was jamming out as well. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, because it was one of, the, we only had, like, that, at that point, did we have Sweet Creature? We had Sign of the Time, Sweet Creature, in Carolina, I think. And I just yeah, would cycle I those so. ones on repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, I listened to the studio version later and remember just noticing the differences between the live version and the studio version. Um, right. Especially, like, on the live version, he goes, like, la, 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 like, on the <laughs> second set of laws. And he doesn't do that on the studio version. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I remember from, like, my early beginning listening, uh-huh. watching of it. Yeah. Um, so, live performances. Um, I guess, yeah, that, that first live performance on the Today Show, um, I feel like this is one of the sort of big, weird things kind of not great things about the song is that Mm -hmm. that was the first time he performed it and the person who the song is about didn't know the song there was even a song about her until that live performance which like might seem like oh what a cute story like her dad was watching the today show and texted her and was like I think there's a song about you um Mm -hmm. but like if you dig a little deeper it's actually kind of not great especially because like fans went and dug out who the person is and like right um like exposing a lot of stuff personally personal like about her especially when people can figure out who it is and yeah and like about what school she goes to like yeah yeah when I was looking it up though her dad gave an interview explaining what happened (laughs) I know I watched that that. and like (laughs) she she, I'm sure the girl did not want it because you could tell like uh, his daughter gave her like gave him explicit instructions of what he could and could not say. Yeah. And, like she didn't want any of that. <laughs> like why would your dad go and talk to the news about that? That is just like I know. That's too much. Yeah. Well, that's just like a, a, like a good, perfect example of like why you shouldn't do stuff like that because mm-hmm. like it's you don't know how you're gonna affect someone's life. Like yeah putting their information out so publicly and also Harry knows that his fans will find out like stuff Mm -hmm. like and he knows that the media is gonna like want to you know grab Mm -hmm. onto it and stuff yeah um and I just like how hard would it have been to just send her the song yeah even if he wanted to be cheeky about it he could have like sent her the song and been like you know, oops, wrote a song about you. Yeah. Like, that could have still achieved the same thing for him, for him whatever he wanted to achieve. But, yeah, yeah like, putting on his album without even telling her is, like, wow. Yeah, I feel, uh, yeah, I definitely feel that. 
Um, and, and especially because like, it's, it's the not... songs. Oh, so, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I was gonna say, especially because she's not someone who's in the limelight. It's not like right. Taylor Swift writing a song about Harry Styles or Harry writing a song about Taylor Swift, where they're yeah. like both songwriters. They're both in the public eye. This is like someone who lives a private life. Um, yeah. And, like, hasn't dealt with an entire fandom coming after them. In right. the way that Taylor or Harry has already experienced. And, like, that's sort of what their job entails. Yeah. And it's one thing to, like, use something that, like, you think people are probably going to know means something else. Like, but to actually use someone's direct name mm-hmm. is, like, a different level. And the thing that, I think the thing that, like, makes me, like, bothers me about it mostly is just because it's such a sexual song. Yeah. And then also she's quite young. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think she was even like under 18 when they met the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and then like for your dad to hear on the radios, like some guy singing, like she feels so good. Like that's yeah. just creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause it's not just like there, it is quite a sexual song. So yeah. Um, I feel like that adds another level of yeah like you need consent for that yeah and then it's like it's like you know you hear like her dad talking about it and like you know and then he harry said like oh he's talked to her since and it's like fine but like Mm -hmm. of course she's gonna she's not gonna like make a stink about it like even if she was upset like what is she gonna do like yeah the dad was like angry at harry we were all very flattered that he wrote a song about her i was like yeah like what you're flattered that your like daughter like it's just gross the dad i didn't the dad was really odd yeah (laughs) my dad in a million years would never go on an interview to talk about that like what the hell (sighs) you know very odd it is very odd yeah um but yeah so that's not great but I do, I quite like the live versions of the songs, just in general. Um, uh-huh. I think at concerts, it's, like, one of the, the songs that's, like, the most fun to dance to. And, like, the audience gets, like, really into it. Um, and just, like, those yeah. la-las are, like, such a great, like, I don't know, everyone can sing along to the la-las. Yeah, it is fun live. And I feel like he's done it, he's, like, changed it up quite a bit at different live shows. Mm-hmm. Um, when he did the one on uh, the BBC... Mm-hmm. Um, that he kind of changed the song a little bit. So it's when it starts out, like it's just like really heavy electric guitars and it, the guitars are like quite a bit louder throughout the mm. whole song. And it like, it sounds very different than the album version. Yeah. I watched that version. I watched like a concert version. I watched the mm-hmm. today show version, like preparing for this episode to like try yeah. to catch all the differences. Like he changes up some of the lyrics as well, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that when he like puts his own twists at different, concerts and different venues and stuff moving into the whole idea of the good girl and we wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about good girl before we got into just like talking about the lyrics in general because it's such a big part of this song um and I think it requires its own like feminist discussion um so uh yeah I feel like I want to say first that like whatever the hell Harry's experience was with this girl um mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter like when you're writing songs you have to think of like the bigger picture and the impact of your words and you have to put it in a cultural context um yeah. and I don't think outside of a cultural context what he wrote is like okay um mm-hmm. but like especially thinking about how the words would like 
come across like come across and like what they've been used for in the past and like yeah whatever you get up to in your like private life life if if someone you know in a sexual experience you like you know calling good girl or whatever the hell like mm-hmm. that is your own business but if you're writing a song and it's going out like into the public sphere you have to think about the impact of um what what that means and like what right. effects that could have yeah um, for sure so yeah, yeah especially because with his fan base like <clears throat> I feel like like a large part of his fan base has like grown up with him yeah and so I feel like a lot of us are adults but like he still has quite a large fan base who are younger mm-hmm. women or younger girls and like not that he has to cater to them if he wants to write different stuff but like there's still a responsibility especially because he's someone who I think values that yeah. fan base and like yeah it's a bit irresponsible to like not pay attention to it like I think I think like being aware of it and then you know maybe writing the songs you want to write and being smart about it would be cool but like it kind of feels like with a song like this it was just disregarded altogether yeah like it doesn't seem like there was any thought of like oh is this gonna sound weird <laughs> like they yeah. just wrote it and also like because they wrote it as the last, like it was the last song they wrote for the album and they were just wanting a fun song. I think we've talked about before about how like some of the lyrics sound like lazy to us. Mm. Um, like that could be part of it too, is that like it probably wasn't super thought out because they were just, they wrote it in a short time and they just wanted to have like a fun song on the album. So maybe they didn't have a lot of time to think and be like, oh, like maybe we should think right. about this more. Yeah. And I feel like that's, like, not a good excuse. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, okay, like, you're writing something last minute, but, like, if you just, if you had some other person read this, if you had a woman read this, mm-hmm. I feel like light bulbs would have gone off immediately. Like, yeah. I mean, not everyone, but we know right. that it was, like, six men who wrote this song. So right. And they were locked away in Jamaica. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, especially if you think, if you're, if in your head you're thinking, you know, this is risky. Like, is this right? Is this not? Have someone Mm -hmm. check it over. Have someone give it a read through. Like, Uh if you're unsure, go to someone who's more educated or uh, who's going to be personally affected by the song and not like your other man bros in your little Jamaican like studio yeah exactly yeah because there's such a historical context for like the good girl Mm -hmm. like narrative and stuff that like if you had talked to someone who knew about it like you maybe would reevaluate it yeah it's always like you see those those like twitter posts that are like if there was a woman on the board of this company Mm -hmm. this would not have happened like if they had had even one employee who was not like some man dude right like then something like this wouldn't have gone out, whatever it is. Yeah, totally, yeah. And I feel like with with the live versions, like like me listening to it by myself or something, or like me listening to it with my like adult queer friends, like it doesn't make me feel like uncomfortable. But then as I was preparing for the episode, I was watching the live um, versions and especially the Today Show. And then just like seeing all these like really like young girls and then Harry singing Mm -hmm. the lyrics, I was just like, it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, yeah. did they think about that? Like, how it would be performing it? Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel wonder. like this goes back to, like, Harry saying, um, like, 
I wanted to write whatever I wanted to write and I didn't want anyone to tell me that I couldn't write what I wanted to write which in a certain mind frame like think about medicine that's great you know yeah like you know write about your experiences but on the other hand it's like you you know you have a a bit of a responsibility as someone who's going to be putting out music into the Mm -hmm. world when you have such a huge following Mm -hmm. Um, you have somewhat of a responsibility to do it in a way that's not misogynistic yeah exactly and and it just brings up the thing we were talking about when we were talking about medicine too is like is like there's a way to be you know write whatever you want to write and like be really honest and like not worry about censoring yourself Mm -hmm. and then there's a way to like be problematic right and like it's not the same thing yeah (laughs) and if like your honesty and your when when you're you know how you're talking about like the rolling stones like Mm -hmm. you know sexist songs like if you're and you know if you're writing from that place of like just pure honesty and then something comes out that's like you know awful then (laughs) like (laughs) that's honestly who you are yeah yeah exactly um I yeah, think... medicines. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. mine was going to go off on another one. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I feel like medicine is such a perfect example of like that's a song that like seems like it was written in in that same vein of like I'm just going to write what I what I want to write and I don't care what people are going to say because mm-hmm. it could be you know upsetting to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it was had a really good message and there wasn't anything about it that was like you know yeah like sexist or like offensive to like exactly any groups of people that makes me think I would we need to have a conversation maybe on TDDL where we Mm -hmm. break down the whole um medicine in comparison to the uh song girls that Rita Ora Mm -hmm. and all of them put out because there was so much talk about it online um yeah (laughs) and like a lot I feel like that deserves a big discussion um, yeah so I feel like it's not fun. it's not it's not like it's not black and white like it's very right. there's a lot of gray in there um yeah to parse that out would be interesting yeah and I'm sure we'll get into this but like I mean if anyone has like heard me on the podcast before like you probably you already know this but like the like like Harry singing about like you know like sex and stuff like when I'm talking about like young girls like that's not what I mean like I think like you know being able to talk about sex is great and like sexually liberated young women is awesome it's Mm -hmm. it's not but it's more of the like what implications of what the word would word good girl means which we'll get into yeah I always think about like what Claire and Sarah think as they're singing this song Um, me too no at least we know Claire is very like socially active I think Sarah is too I mean she's vegan Mm -hmm. so I feel like a lot of vegan people are <laughs> political and social <laughs> and whatever. Uh-huh. So, like, I I mean, it's not as though it's gone over their heads that, like, yeah. this is not a cool phrase. Um, yeah. So. I know. I'm very curious what they yeah. think. I mean, obviously, I don't know if they would have said anything, but I'm sure they've thought about it. <laughs> or, like, yeah. talked to each other about it. Um, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like when I was doing, when I was doing like a little bit of searching in preparation for this episode, like a lot of the articles and posts I could find about it were very much just about like who Towns is and like the gossipy aspect. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't a lot about like the problematic aspects of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, like, did the general public like not pick up on it or like not notice it? Mm -hmm. 
I feel like, especially at that time when the album, like, first came out, everyone was just trying to be, like, super positive about Harry's album in general. And, like, oh, my God, he's, like, transitioning from boy band to, like, awesome rock star singer. And, like, like, news sites didn't necessarily want to criticize the whole, like, the problematic aspects of his album. So, like, there was just so much, like, positive stuff about it. Yeah. Um... Or, like, I don't know. But I'm sure some of the people didn't pick up on it, too. I wonder who, like, if we went back and looked at, like, who was reviewing, like, the album, like, on different websites. And, like, would they have picked up on it? I don't know. Yeah, there was a couple. It seemed really split. Like, it seemed very much like people were either, like, this is the most amazing thing ever. Or people were, like, really down on it. Mm Because I saw a couple articles that, like, and, and a lot of their commentary was accurate I think but it was but a, lot, a few articles were like very negative and mm. about how it was like a macho like oh rock about star, Harry's like, yeah 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 but it seems like it's very split between people who are like think it's amazing and then people who like mm-hmm. think it's horrible <laughs> yeah and I sit somewhere in between yeah um, well more towards the great but also like acknowledging yeah. all the bad <laughs> yeah well and it's so it's so like there's such a variance on the album too mm-hmm. that makes it confusing like if every song was similar to Carolina then I would have not liked the album like right. I wouldn't if every song was like Carolina I wouldn't be able to get over that because I enjoyed the music yeah but every song isn't like there's such variance and then there's you have songs like from the dining table mm-hmm. to compare to and then so yeah yeah, yeah. there's, there's a lot of variation split. yeah um, so let's get into the good, the good girl. Um, okay. <clears throat> s- let's break it down, see like the history of it, what it means, what like, what it means in context of society. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled this idea from an article that Kelly Doles wrote for Thought Catalog, which mm-hmm. was she went and asked people that she knew what sort of characteristics a good girl would have. Um, yeah. And I asked, like, on Twitter from our followers what a good girl meant to them and, like, what characteristics are associated with a good girl. Um, mm-hmm. And let's just read these back and forth. Okay. Um, Karis said uh, modesty. Um, Stephanie says innocent, chaste, quiet, non-disruptive, following the rules, passive, being submissive, slash catering to... Somebody. Oh, to somebody else, uh, either in a sexual or non-sexual way. And then I'd also go with the contrast of calling someone a good girl in a sexy, consensual way. It's interesting how the song tries and fails to take her out of that passive context, give her some agency, make her a person with a family, etc. But she's still she is still the object in in much. She is still the object in. I can't tell what that is of the song <laughs> because. Uh, in quotes, he only met her once and wrote a song. She's both a person and a cliche. I really like that. I feel like Stephanie hit a lot of nails on the head. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, about how, like, at some parts of the song, she's, like, a person, and then other parts, she's also, like, that cliche. Yeah. Um, Laura said, I think he means, um, this was sort of not in direct response to this, um, but I 
felt like I would include it. I think mm-hmm. he means it in a, it's always the quiet ones kind of way. I'm not saying that isn't essentially misogynistic, but I think it's supposed to be a sign of her being a free spirit, despite how good she should be. Mm. Oh, sorry. Um, Sophie Brookover says sweetness, virginity, the appearance slash performance of it, at least. And if sexually active, then not in charge of it. Passiveness, willingness, willingness to defer to others in romantic and platonic relationships. Honestly, I wish this song didn't exist at all with only Angel a close second. Just Harold, you effing know better. Don't do this. Only Angel also plays a sonic bait and switch that I know he thinks is frightfully clever, but it makes me so mad. <laughs> Wait, what is it? What is a sonic bait and switch? Is she talking about like oh, the angel devil thing? Um, I think I think it's more about the um how it starts with the um with the uh oh my gosh, I can't think of words this morning. The um the song starts with like the ah yeah yeah and then it goes into hard rock. Oh, okay. I think that's what I think that's what it meant because it says a sonic bait and switch, like sonic okay. meaning yeah, sound. sound. So like, you know, you think it's going to be one way and then, oh, surprise, it's actually a hard rock song. Oh, got it. I like that though. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. But I also, I do remember when I heard that intro, I was like, oh my God, really excited about it. And then mm-hmm. I kind of wish that there was a whole song that was just in that vein. Yeah. So I understand yeah. where Sophie is coming from. Um, I really liked all these descriptive words. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to read some of Kelly's as well. Um, so this was like Kelly Dole's, her, the people she asked, um, mm-hmm. came up with blue eyes, little girl, quiet, perfect, sheltered, good grades, studies, no opinions on things, well-rounded, follower, preppy, has to do everything right, doesn't show skin, high expectations, honorable, tons of friends, polite, enthusiastic, generous, kind, boyfriend, intelligent, conservative, popular, wealthy, athletic, natural hair, listens, honest, respectful, always busy, organized, flirtatious, skinny, speaks well, follows the rules, doesn't get mad, healthy, average, Barbie, confident, perfect attendance, facade, never cracks, people pleaser. Um, yeah. What a great collection of from both the listeners and the Kelly Dole's article. Do you have other things that you would add to that descriptor? Um, I think, uh, I think that covers a lot of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. It's just this idea of like this perfect girl who just like follows the rules. And I I think, um, Sophie was saying too, like, uh, getting at a bit. And I think later on, um, I was going to mention too, that like, it's like, um, the idea of like being submissive and like listening mm-hmm. to men and like just following in line and not having your own opinion. Um, yeah. And just like kind of being, you know, quiet. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then it reminds me of this article. <clears throat> I didn't put it in the doc cause I was just thinking of it now. Um, but there's a website called, uh, called auto straddle, which is like a queer, like news and culture website um and um Reese who started the website wrote an article actually it was in 2010 which is shocking <clears throat> but it's called um why Taylor Swift offends little monsters feminists and weirdos and obviously Taylor Swift has evolved since mm-hmm. 2010 um but it's like about sort of the Madonna whore dichotomy which is sort of um like the definition of that is 
the deep dichotomy in modern culture used to oppress women via a sexual double standard, establishing rigid categories for female sexual behavior while permitting male sexual behavior to range from abstinence to promiscuity without similarly disparaging social ju- judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very similar thing of like, you know, a good girl versus a bad girl. Um, yeah. and, and in a way to like, you know, it's, it's for men, you know, for men to like, see us as good or bad right yeah um speaking of the taylor swift thing in an article um an op-ed by kate sloan she talked about the taylor swift song um you belong with me where it's she compares like taylor singing like or it it goes the good girl bad girl where like you have this Mm -hmm. sort of cheerleader who's like you know wear short skirts and is on the cheer team and and then the other sort of good girl who stays at home and plays an instrument and wears t-shirts and like the girl next door and you have that comparison of where like the guy is supposed to like choose her and like want the good girl versus this other like promiscuous cheerleader girl um and it's again right. like that um you know pitting pitting women against each other and yeah and in the music video she has like the good girl in like this white like virginal dress and Mm. then like the bad girl is like in this red like revealing dress and yeah yeah, it's very much pitting yeah yeah um so why are these why is this harmful like why are these descriptors and this whole idea of a good girl um and like everything that entails like harmful to use in in society and stuff um I think in a I think in a lot of ways um I mean it sort of creates this um it I mean there's a lot of different I think effects that it has but but it like one of the things I think is the you know pitting women against each other Mm -hmm. um and creating that sort of like separation um can cause problems and then also just, you know, the idea that like the idea of women of women being good if they do the things that like, you know, the patriarchy wants us to do. Right. Um and then the idea that like if you aren't if you aren't doing, you know, what men want you to do or what the patriarchy or our society wants you to do, then you're bad. Mm. Um is very dangerous. Yeah. It's very black and white. Yeah. Where it's just like if you're if you're not good, then you're going to be bad. <laughs> if you're not following these rules, then that just right. automatically makes you bad. Yeah, and it's a way to just control women because mm-hmm. you know a good girl is is you know someone who's going to like basically behave the way you want her to, right? Um, which is obviously very not great. <laughs> yeah, I actually had an um, experience recently. Um, yeah, it was yesterday or the day before. Like mm-hmm. I was testing participants and there was this guy who he was heavily hitting on me, which made me feel super uncomfortable. He was asking oh, me like, if I was single and like my past dating experience. And I was just like, uh-huh. um, this is really not appropriate. Yeah. Um, but he was asking me why I wanted to become a psychiatrist. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like I was, I, one of the reasons like, I was like, Oh, my mom's like recently gone back to school to like become a therapist and like, she's really enjoying it. Um, Uh he's like, are your parents still together? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, how does your dad feel about your mom going back to school? And I was just like, what? What? (laughs) Like that just, it just seemed like so like out of left field, like something that I've never experienced someone blatantly being like, 
my dad, like, he was assuming my dad would be upset because he wants, like, my mom to stay at home and not have a job and not, like, go back to school and, like, whatever. And it just, you kind of, it makes you realize that, like, I definitely live in a bubble where, like, I'm surrounded by people who don't necessarily think like that. And it was just really weird to think that there are a lot of people who experience that type of, um, like, misogyny and sexism on like right. a greater scale where like yeah you know obviously we all experience sexism but like that was like whoa <laughs> I was like what right. um, yeah that's really disturbing yeah and it just reminded me of that good girl of like you know he he thinks like the woman should stay home and like right you know not go out and have her own career or whatever and I was like my dad is perfectly fine with it like yeah <laughs> um <laughs> So. Yeah. Well, it's so much about ownership, too, because yeah. the idea of, like, especially, like, I think we'll get to this, but, like, you know, in, in, in like, pop songs and, and popular culture, like, when men are talking about good girls, you know, those women are having sex with them mm. and, like, get, being sexy for them, right. but, like, they're not having sex with anyone else. Like, they're not, pr- pr- like, promiscuous. Right. And it's very much, like, an ownership thing, like, oh, like, she's a good girl, like, she would never, like, you know, she's not going to wear... Um, revealing clothes like outside of the house but Mm -hmm. like but it's very much like that you know the woman sort of just or or really the woman's sexuality only exists for the man's benefit like it doesn't exist as its own separate thing or as her own separate thing right Um, it's like only gonna show up when the man wants it to show up and it's not gonna like be a part of her life outside of their relationship or whatever yeah um yeah, I can just think of so many now, like, so many personal, like, stories are coming up of that. Just like, Really? And not just, not just, like, the term good girl, but just, like, men controlling what women should do or people having the idea that, like, men have a say in what women do, you know? And, yeah. Like, how they want to live their lives. And, right. Um, I just think of my aunt, who is just such a badass. I love her so much. She, yeah. She, like just lives her own life. I mean, she's married and it's not like she's, it's you know, she's married to my uncle and like whatever, but she just like uh-huh. does her own thing. She'll just like go away, travel to different countries. Like she doesn't care who the hell is telling her no. Like right. I, just, I just, I love her so much. And she always like tries yeah. to give me advice on like making sure I, I don't like get stuck with a man who like, will hold me back or something like she's yeah. kind of like trying to be like Caitlin you need to like live your own life and like she'll uh-huh. she's like the one who like give me money and be like Caitlin you need this take this money and like go like live your life and I'm like oh my god yeah thank you <laughs> um, that's awesome yeah but yeah there's just so many like cultural things that try to control women and mm-hmm. it's not good um, yeah Another thing that I was thinking about in terms of, like, why it's so harmful is that it really paints people as, like, one-sided, where you have a good girl, and this is, you know, she sticks to all these things, and then, you know, a bad girl would just, like, be the opposite of that, when really we're just, like, kind of a big mix of different characteristics. You can't just pin, like, all the good good girl characteristics on a person, and then, like, the bad girl characteristics, like, 
I right. tried to, I, I came up with a couple of like random examples, like yeah. a good girl versus like what a bad girl would be. But honestly, mm-hmm. like it's not really anything. So I said like a bookworm can like porn. You can have someone yeah. who's like super outdoorsy and like hiking in mud, but also like love to bake and dress up. I said right. you can have a, stri- have a stripper who also has a PhD. Like, yeah. you know, this and like these are just regular examples of normal things where I don't know there's some idea that a good girl like has to fall in all these different like characteristics and like anything else is just bad um but really we're just like a mix of good and bad and like in between and all that type of stuff yeah and even using the bad girl like I feel like people have a lot of like I see like women have sort of you know tried to like reclaim that in a way by Mm. like talking about how they're bad girls and stuff but like even that is dangerous because when you're saying like like you know bad girl like it's this it's this idea this like idea that is like pervasive throughout like all of our culture and it's just about like pathologizing anyone who doesn't fit mm-hmm. like the societal standard right you know like if you're not a girl how you want how we want you to be then you're bad right um and there's, like, a lot of, yeah, there's that that sort of theme is, like, you know, repeats itself a lot in our culture in different aspects. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the worst ways it does is being, like, yeah, if you don't behave the way that you're supposed to, then you're bad. Right. Um, you know, like, with sexuality, like, if you're not, if you're not attracted to people that you're supposed to be attracted to, you're bad. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're unattractive the way we want you to be attractive, then you're bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not, like... Yeah, there's like standards a, that you have to look up to, and I mean fit, fit like fit in with. And yeah, it's just so insidious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So let's carry on with this. Um. In the in the article, I am going back to which is the Kelly Dole's one. She brought out a quote from Rachel Simmons, who's a psychologist and like feminist author. Um, who wrote a book called The Curse of the Good Girl. Um, And the quote is, The good girl was socially and academically successful, smart and driven, pretty and kind, but she was also an individual who aimed to please, a people pleaser, towed the line, no opinions on things, and didn't take risks, followed the rules. She repressed what she really thought, doesn't get mad, and did not handle her mistakes with humor, has to do everything right. Um, The good girl walked a treacherous line, balancing mixed messages about how far she should go and how strong she should be. She was enthusiastic while being quiet, smart with no opinions on things, intelligent but a follower, popular but quiet. Um, she would be something but not too much. I yeah. feel like I feel like that. I really like that. She would be something but not too much. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to you want to be like confident and like, you know, do all this stuff and you have to be this. But if you like go mm-hmm. over the line and you speak too loudly and you like have your like real opinions on stuff, yeah, then you've crossed a line. Yeah. It's like this, it's like this impossible standard yeah. that women are supposed to fit into. It reminds me of, we'll have to have a discussion about this sometime, but it reminds me of what makes you beautiful. I yeah. find that song to be really problematic Yeah, and like how it talks about like, you know, don't, you don't, you don't need makeup, right. but like, then, you know, but it's, that's sort of the societal, like, view of, like, oh, don't wear makeup, but then if you're not wearing makeup, it's, like, oh, like, wear a little makeup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so ridiculous. Yeah, that was, like, one of our earlier episodes, I think Karen and I did a What Makes You Beautiful versus Girl, Girl Almighty comparison. And yeah. And, like, we, 
dug into like why what makes you beautiful it's not that great of a song or maybe it was yeah that girl was in there too i don't know yeah um, but we should definitely rehash that because that was like three years and a half now ago yeah yeah. yeah but it's that similar idea of like of like you know this this impossible standard and like right. you know way that that women are supposed to like fit right. into that's like really impossible to do yeah like in the song it was like if she wasn't if she thought she was beautiful like if she had confidence then she no mm-hmm. longer would be beautiful so it's like right. you, you kind of have to have like you know self-doubt and not think you're pretty it's like that mm-hmm. you know in movies they always have like you know, the girl who doesn't think she's pretty, but really she's, like, gorgeous. Right. And, like, you're just like, oh, this is so unrealistic, and this is stupid. It is. Like, why can't I right. love myself? Like, all this Yeah, and then stuff. you have, yeah, and then you have all this talk of, like, of, like, oh, you don't need makeup, like, you're beautiful how you are, but then, like, you don't see any representation of people right. who aren't, like, you know, the traditional idea of what beauty is. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see any of the boys dating women like that. You don't see them in any of their videos. Like, right. So, you know, yeah, that's not what they actually mean. They just mean they don't want you to be wearing too much makeup right. because you need that natural, yeah. no makeup look. Yeah. Cause good girls don't like wear a ton of makeup. Yeah, exactly. That'd be too provocative. Yeah. Oh God. Um, all right. So let's move into the op-ed by Kate Sloan, uh, okay. which uh, is a Teen Vogue article where she wrote about, um, like, the sort of idea of a good girl in pop um, and, mm-hmm. like, the sexism and, like, men in pop who have used the term good girl. Um, mm-hmm. And the first example she gave was Nick Jonas's song, Good Girls. <laughs> um, yeah. And she said, in the song, a good girl is conceptualized as a woman who does what the, a man wants her to when he wants her to. No more, no less. The title isn't about her personal compl- accomplishments, her personality traits, or even her morals. It's about how well she addresses, how well she adheres to men's wishes for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that song. Um, I don't either. When I saw it, I was like, oh, maybe I'll listen. And I was like, I don't want to listen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I didn't go and listen to it, but I'm going to take uh, Kate Sloan's word for it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that's just a recent example. Um this was another quote that I liked from her Mm -hmm. Um, women's value is still arbitrarily assessed by men in pop music all the time proving we haven't made as many strides as we might like to think though there are plenty of woke artists in the music scene the good girl and bad girl dichotomy still shows up too often in pop songs reminding listeners gently or sometimes not so gently that women and femmes are under constant sexism Sexist scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that she talked about the dichotomy of good girl, bad girl. And it really reminded mm-hmm. me of Harry's song, Only Angel, where you have um, that same thing where she's an angel, but she's like a devil in the sheets. She's an angel, but I can't take her yeah. home to mother in a skirt that short. Um, right. And you get that, like, you know, you know, the angel part is great, but, like, she has this, like, devil side of her that, like, isn't good enough to show a mom or, you know, yeah, like, should be, like, kept in the bedroom for, for him. Well, it's also the devil side of her that's just for him. Yeah. Like, because her sexuality is just for him. Right. she's an angel in the streets, but then the devil in the sheets and, like. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. There was another, um, there's another quote. Do you mind if I read another quote from the article? Yeah, go for it. That I found. Um, she said, as our society grows and as men more frequently self-identify as feminist, it is more and more important to remember that a focus is not just the empowerment of women, but also the honest, soul-searching reflection of men. Someone may not even be aware he's enacting toxic masculinity in his relationships, and it can take some hard psychological work to figure that out and change it. Um, I think that's just super important because I think a lot of men don't realize that they're, um, like perpetuating this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and it's like really important for them to be really reflecting and like looking at their own behaviors and actions and lives and figuring and, you know, really unpacking all of that. Yeah. And I think Harry is someone who like, obviously he cares about feminism and probably thinks of of himself as someone who is like a feminist and aware, but I think he still has a lot of soul searching to do. Yeah. Um, And it's something that you have to undo, like similarly to like racism, like, Mm -hmm. you know, as white people, like we have to constantly be like learning and unpacking it. Like we can't just be like, you know, Oh, I'm not racist. I've reached the peak of it. Yeah. (laughs) I am reborn. Yeah. It's like a daily practice to undo everything we've learned our whole life because this stuff is drilled into our heads from the time we're born. And, and especially with men, like, you know, you're, you're born and then you're told how you're supposed to think about women and how you're Mm -hmm. supposed to think about masculinity and yourself as a man. And it's like, you have to do a lot of work to undo that. It's not just, it's not just a matter of like, yeah. And it's not just a matter of, you know, learning about it once and then thinking Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're done. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that, that also like relates heavily to internalized misogyny where like Mm -hmm. we have to also as, as, like on the other side of it, like we have to unpack the things that we've learned and make sure we're not perpetuating the misogyny like ourselves. Right. Um, you know, it's not just men who do it. Um, yeah. Like how we were talking about Taylor Swift earlier, like right. a lot of her early career was like very much, you know, feeding into that way mm-hmm. of thinking. And I think, I think Kate Sloan talked about, I think that was the article where she talked yeah. about, you know, her, her view of it was that Taylor Swift was expressing a lot of internalized misogyny. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to read this whole article, um, I think I'll, I'll post it on the Twitter, but you could just look up Kate Sloan. I think it's called yeah, Good it's Girls, great. Pop Songs, Sexism, and then Drake. God, God, good Girls and Pop Songs are bad for everyone. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading, like, the, the actual... Um, link title and then I was like oh yeah Nick Jonas like clearly they just like (laughs) tagged those in for the search Um, right whatever um but yeah it's a really it's a really good article um so then she also mentions um Big Sean and Mm -hmm. uh Drake as well Hotline Bling um like such a popular song um she Mm -hmm. says um uh I Drake this is the quote it said Used to always stay at home, be a good girl, which is the lyric from Drake's song. Um, His Mm -hmm. lady love has been seen wearing less and going out more and hanging out with some girls he's never seen before. Sounds like she's having a great time living her life and doing what she wants, but because it's not what he wants her to do, Drake shames her as a lost cause, a fallen woman, a bad girl. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and then the Big Sean one had lyrics. Girl, you're way too good to be in here. You don't strike me as a club girl. You seem more residential. 
Uh, Presidential. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a covered up version of like women should stay in the kitchen. Like that's funny. Residential. You seem more residential. (laughs) Like what does that even mean? Yeah, okay. So we see it a lot. And then again, Harry's song, we see it again. Um, yeah. So not great. Um, no. And then this might be the closing of the, or this was another quote that I really liked from the article. Um, mm-hmm. Cisgender heterocentric media narratives tell us men's attention is a finite resource we're supposed to rapidly compete with other women for. It can be hard to control feelings of contempt we've been conditioned to feel, but we need to be careful not to support the same patriarchal stereotypes that have kept us down throughout history. Our society may want to pit us against each other in catfights and girl drama, but we don't have to fall into those old patterns. When we lump other people into good and bad categories, we're just buying into arbitrary stereotypes we didn't even create. Yes. Um, That's sad. Yeah. Were there any other quotes that you found in this article? Um, I mean, just the whole article. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just read the whole article. <laughs> yeah, definitely go read it. It was, it was like, came up one of the first things if you, like, look for the good girl article. So it must be yeah. a big hit. Um, I really like Teen Vogue. I feel like they're doing a really good job of talking about, like, feminism and, like, current issues and current events. Yeah. Um, the people who run it, I follow on Twitter, and they're, like... Oh, really? They're very woke, as the uh, article says. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they're just... Yeah, they're really, like, trying to talk about, like, sex sex education in it and, like, talking mm-hmm. about, like, sexuality, diversity, and gender, and, like... That's where they're, like, gearing teen vogue towards, which I think is so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I also thought of the Robin Thicke song, Blurred Lines, obviously, with the whole good girl thing. Um, and I wanted to read I thought I more. wiped that song from my memory. I know. Thank you, Caitlin, for bringing it back. I know. I, like, went and looked at the lyrics, and I was like, this is just as bad as we thought. It's um, so awful. So I wanted to read some of them. Um, and that's why I'm going to take a good girl. I know you want it. You're a good girl. Can't let it get past me. I know you want it, but you're a good girl. The way you grab me must want to get nasty. Okay, now he was close. Tried to domesticate you, but you're an animal. Baby, it's in your nature. Just let me liberate you. Let me liberate you. It's like, it's, I don't, that really reminds me of like the, the idea for good girl of just like this like little submissive virgin who like needs mm-hmm. to be liberated by like this man. It's just so yeah. gross. It's really gross. Yeah. And there's also like, a, I think there's also an idea that like, like a good girl is someone who's young. Mm-hmm. Like there's also a sort of like, you know, virginal aspect right. to it as well. And especially in a lot of pop music and, and pop culture is the sort of, like, Lolita, you know, Mm -hmm. stereotype of, like, a young, like, virgin girl, which is very creepy. Yeah, definitely. And and calling someone a good girl is, like, something that you would say to, like, a child, but then it's become, it's become so sexual. Like, like, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's also problematic to say it to children, too, because... Like, children aren't good and bad. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> that's another another yeah. discussion. Um, but, yeah, it's something that you think of, yeah, to say to a dog or, like, a child. Like, yeah. Yeah, to say it to your love interest. Like, right. imagine being with, like, your, like, husband or something and being like, oh, you're such a good boy. Ew. 
sexual context, if like that is part of your sex life, great. Yeah, like, that's know, true. Right. That's right. like a separate thing. Um, yeah. But outside of that, like, yeah, it's like if that's just like a casual thing you say to people, no, like, yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, or if you're putting it in music or something that's meant for like public, yeah, consuming consumption. Yeah, definitely. Gosh. Um. Yeah, and this song, um, when this Robin Thicke song came out, um, it was before One Direction had released uh, four, whatever, whatever album Little White Lies was on. Is mm-hmm. that four? Anyways, <laughs> they released the song Little White Lies after this song had had come out, and I remember being really annoyed with it yeah. because I like the song Little White Lies a lot as like a guilty pleasure mm-hmm. but it's like a very problematic song yeah and the fact that they released it after Blurred Lines was already out felt mm. super irresponsible because it's like they know this is in this is like the media is talking about it people are talking about it like you can't just pretend that like you didn't know this is a right. thing and Little White Lies is very much it, it has a similar vibe of like I know you want to yeah definitely that would be a great one if we like compared Blurred Lines and Little White Lies yeah. That'd be a really great discussion. I also remember, like, at one point, you know how they would sing random songs online, uh, on stage? Blurred mm-hmm. Lines was one of the ones that came up at some point. I what? remember Niall singing it. Wait, really? Yeah. Let's, I did not know let's that. Let's look that up. Niall Horan Blurred Oh, I don't want to know this. Lines. I know. No, don't tell me. Yeah. They're, they're on stage, one of the songs, like, not when not one that would, they would repeat, but, you know, sometimes, like, the band would start playing a random song and they'd start singing it. That's upsetting. I know. Very upsetting. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about some women who are combating this good girl, bad girl image and re reclaiming it. Um, Yes. These are examples from the article, Ariana Grande, who has a song where she says, ain't you ever seen a princess be a bad beep? (laughs) Um, uh, and then Rihanna who often labels herself as bad girl bad Mm -hmm. gal Riri um, she has a song called Good Girls Gone Bad Mm -hmm. Um, then the uh, also Taylor Swift where like we had those earlier examples of like the good girl bad girl Um, Mm -hmm. the the article gave the example of uh, another song that was Good Girl Fate and Tight Little Skirt I guess showing that like you can have both. Um, yeah. Um, and then you had an example as well. Yeah. Haley Steinfeld, um, who I love, has a song called Most Girls, which I also love. It's amazing. Have you heard it? Yeah. I okay. love the song. Yeah. So good. It's a great song, and it's such a perfect example of what we're talking about. And one of the lines that I included was, um, some girls feel best in their tiny dresses. Some girls, nothing but sweatpants, looking like a princess. Some girls kiss new lips every single night. They're staying out late because they're just celebrating life. And then the chorus of the song is like, I want to be like most girls. Yeah. Because um, there's, there's, you know, sort of like a, a thing of saying like, oh, I'm not like most girls. Right, yeah. Which is very sexist. And, and the, you know, the epitome of like internalized sexism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is very much like fighting against that and being like, some girls are promiscuous, some girls aren't, and like... They're all awesome. And... Mm-hmm. and the music video is really cool, too, I think. It is, She gets yeah. a lot of different people together on it. 
Um, yeah. I love a lot of her songs. Love Me Myself, too. another great song that she yes, sings. Yes, that's also a great song. Yeah. Um, I want her to have a full album. I don't think she has had one yet. But... Yeah, well, and her and Niall are friends. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe they'll do a duet together at some point. I know. I thought that maybe they were going to. Yeah, perhaps. In the future. Um, but yeah, do you have any other um, things about this article? Um, I don't think so. Okay, so then I thought we could come up with ways that we could change Harry's lines. <laughs> and, like, uh-huh. what it could be. Like, what switches. Because I feel like a lot of Harry's lines, there's, like, you could just change one or two words and it would completely get rid of, like, the misogyny and the sexism and stuff. Um, yeah. Where, like, it could have been an easy edit. It's not as you said it doesn't it's not deeply saturated in his entire album where you just have to like throw the album away it's like Mm -hmm. just like certain moments where you're like well that could be changed that could be changed um yeah so i was thinking what word could we stick in (laughs) or like how could we change this chorus where like you still get a similar vibe but it like gets rid of the sexism um i feel like you're much better at this kind of thing than me like it's hard for me to like think of what words to replace it with I, I like, we, like, we need to sit down at some point and do all these, like, lyric changes, like, I know I've said yeah. a million times. I'm like, oh, we should yeah. write another, like, whatever. Um, yeah, it's also hard because I don't fully understand, or I don't know what the essence of the song is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of hard to say, too, because part of me thinks that, like, she's a good girl is, like, the essence of the whole song. Mm. So, like, replacing that line wouldn't make sense because then you would just write a whole new song. Right. But I don't know that that's true because I don't know the meanings of all the lyrics, you know. He hasn't talked about it. Um, right. But it seems like you came up with some Yeah, so we had things. two different listeners write in. Um, Laura said free. Um, so, like, she's a free girl. She feels so free. Um, mm-hmm. Which I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. She's free. Um, and then Sophie Brookover said, <laughs> self-actualized, <laughs> good at maintaining healthy boundaries, independent. <laughs> I, I, I feel like this was a bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, she's so good at maintaining healthy boundaries. <laughs> yeah, she's an independent girl. She's so self-actualized. <laughs> like, I love it. Um, I came up with, she's her own girl. Um, or... Or just, like, even changing it to be, like, where you put, you're putting the girl in power, where it's, like, she's uh-huh. got a hold of me, or she's yeah. got me, she's got me good girl, like, you know, yeah. she's, like, then you're not saying she's a good girl, but she's got me good. Um, right, you're so good with words, like, that would sound very similar. Yeah, like, she's, a, she's got me good girl, and then it, like, mm-hmm. very similar sound, um, mm-hmm. but totally different meaning. And then it's, mm-hmm. like, him is the, – he's the one who's, like – and that, that's, like, what medicine reminds me of. He's the one who's sort of, like, in the – he's not in, like, this power of, like, a domineering man guy. It's right. Like he's the one who's, like, being more vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, another one was she's an it girl, but I think that's a bit silly. <laughs> but I was, yeah. like, coming up with things. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you've got me good, girl. You feel so good. Um, yeah. That was just sort of the same. I like those. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, did you have any ideas? I didn't. I didn't really think about it. Maybe if I spent some time on it, yeah. I could come up with something, but I 
don't think of anything off the spot. Yeah, we need to, like, on the spot. We need to like have a, a rewrite of like Only Angel <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> like parts of Kiwi and like stuff like that. I think that's fun because mm-hmm. I I love these ideas that like the listeners sent in. And I mean, I just tweeted these today, so I'm sure we'll have more um, later on that we can also read on next episode. So if you haven't responded right. to those tweets, go find them and and write in what your ideas are for like what it could be instead. Um, mm-hmm. Just in general, do you think there's, like, ways that we can, how do we, like, respond to, I guess, the the whole, this whole thing about the sexism on the song and, like, the good girl? How do we, how are we supposed to, like, sit with that or respond to it or take action or just deal yeah. with it personally? That's a hard one. So, for me personally, if there's something that is problematic to, like, a marginalized group that I happen to be a member of, I feel much more comfortable, um, like, being able to still like that thing because mm-hmm. I'm, like, I know what's wrong with it and I like it for these other reasons. Right. And I can hold those two things at the same time. It gets harder when, like, when people I like do something racist. It's right. harder for me to be, like, I'm going to still like them because I'm not – I'm, like, a white person. Yeah. So I feel, like, that makes it a lot harder. And since this song is, like, the problems are, like, sexist and I'm a woman, I feel, like – I can still listen to it and enjoy it and, like, understand why it's problematic. Um, whereas, like, if I had a friend who was, like, a cis man or something who loved this song, then I would be, like, I would side-eye them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the perfect, that's the perfect like, example, I think. I think I didn't even really yeah. think about that, but I think that's how I feel as well. Like, because yeah. it's not good for me and I'm a woman like I can deal with it and be like okay that's okay um yeah because the essence of it like it's 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 about power imbalance so like sexism is about is about you know power imbalance it's about men having power over women Mm -hmm. and so you know as a woman I I can feel you know I can listen to a song like that and and you know feel however I want to feel and it's different yeah and then also, like, I'm also very good at shaping things to my own, like, narratives mm. to in- to be able to enjoy them. I think it's, like, a skill that you develop as, like, a queer person, like, especially if you're, like, gr- you know, when you're growing up and you want to, like, be able to participate in, like, pop culture and, like, enjoy things. But they're, like, isn't anything being made for you? Like, mm-hmm. you learn to, like, be able to shape things to work for you. Right. And so I'm very skilled at that. So, like, I can listen to this song and like kind of like dissociate it from like what like who's singing it and what it, and what it's actually saying and then i just have my own ideas of what it is mm-hmm. and i think we were talking about that last time we talked or yeah, maybe it was on the medicine I think it was, episode it may have been where on a tddl so i'm not sure oh, okay yeah so it. you were saying caitlin was saying um, how when she listens to it she thinks of it as like a woman singing the song right yeah and then i was like, saying when, like oh when like we I'll sing, sing it, it it is women singing it, like, a lot of times. Like, if I'm singing, it's a woman singing the song. Yeah, and if a woman was singing this song, I wouldn't find it problematic because, again, it's about about the power imbalance. And so, like, a woman saying to another woman, like, you're a good girl in, like, a sexy way isn't about trying to have power over her. Mm -hmm. So it, like, removes the, like, negativity. Yeah. That's, That's what I, that's what I, like, I've tried to, like, you know, not... You can't really, like, necessarily reclaim this song. <laughs> but, I mean, like, right. <laughs> reclaim the meaning to mean something where I can still enjoy the song. 
um, Mm -hmm. and have it mean something else to me, despite also being aware of, you know, the fact that it is a man singing the song. I I feel like um, we're able to hold those two opposing ideas in our heads and like, yeah, it's okay. Um, Yeah. And then I think it's important to like, also take responsibility and like be like, we're talking about it Mm -hmm. on like a public forum. Right. And like, I think it's tricky because then it's like, you know, we're obviously supporting Harry and giving him our money and like, we may be criticizing him, but like, is he ever, is he getting any of that? Like, is any of that reaching him? Yeah. So like, that's where it's like, that's where, that's where things start to feel like questionable. Cause then it's like, okay, like this artist, like I'm supporting them, you know, and they're probably, you know, they're maybe not hearing the criticism. Right. Um, But I think like we are talking about it and like, Mm -hmm. I think that is really all we can do. Yeah. I can't imagine he hasn't seen anything from it. Like, because yeah. maybe, I mean, he doesn't listen to the podcast, but like, yeah. let's hope to God <laughs> he doesn't. You never know. God, I get, sometimes I have thoughts. I'm like, what if Anne listened at one point? Because, you know, she's probably like, oh, I miss my boy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, if you go do a search for podcasts, like, yours is the only one that comes I up. I know. So it's possible. I hate, I hate thinking about it. I, like, that makes me just want to delete all the episodes where we've said mean things about Harry. <laughs> like this one? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, like, we're trying to be, you know, like, we're not being mean about Harry. We're trying to, right. you know, he needs to grow and educate himself. We're coming at it from, like... Yeah. This is something that personally has affected us and we're coming, right. we've like done our research, we're bringing articles, you know, we're mm-hmm. you know getting multiple opinions and trying to do it in a, a way that in, if he was to be, if he were to be listening, then I'd want him to like not be personally like uh, that we're taking a dig at him, but that we're right. just simply trying to educate and have him grow as a person because we do love him so much and we want right. to keep supporting him and we want to see him making music that inspires us and makes us feel empowered rather than, Mm -hmm. you know, music that, that makes us feel small. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like, I feel like that's one of the reasons why, like, when I first started listening to like you and Kara, like why I really enjoyed your podcast, because it's sort of the, that difference of like calling someone out versus like calling someone in Mm. and being, and being able to like, you know, like still love someone and then, you know, try and educate them and like help Mm -hmm. them see different like ways of being. Yeah. And it's like, you know, instead of just like writing someone off and it's totally fair. Like if someone does something, you know, that's like upsetting to you and you want to, uh, you know, you want to, you know, just delete them from your life. Like that's totally fair and like Mm -hmm. valid for people to do that. But I think there's also like a lot to be said for like, you know, being able to see, to see someone you love and see their like, you know, flaws and be able to still be a fan of them mm-hmm. and point out the flaws. And I think that probably reaches them better than if you were to just like, un- yeah, definitely, stuff, you know, if unfollow them or something. Right. Or like get angry and like, yell yeah, and like get mad. No one's going to listen to that. They're just going to get angry and yell back. Right. And I think Harry someone who like wants to do better. Mm-hmm. And I think he has a long way to go. But like, I remember when there was that drama about like the, the people who brought like the black lives matter mm-hmm. flag to his show. And then people were like upset with him. Cause he was like talking a lot about or supporting doing a lot of public supportive of gay rights, but not supporting black lives matter. And then, you know, he like posted on his Instagram, a picture where you could see the black lives matter flag. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's clear that he like wants to do better. Right. right. Like he might not be, 
pulling it off, but he like, yeah, his intentions seem that he wants to do better and like mm-hmm. learn and be a good person. Yeah, definitely. And that's why we're still here, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not just dropping Harry because he had like two songs or whatever that right didn't sit right with me. Like, I feel like we talk about it. We hope he is educated by you know, what, whatever he sees on Twitter and our response or, like, people around him in his life. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, he's more aware of it next time he goes into, like, the writing process. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I feel like we can, in some ways, like, interpret this song how we want and, like, it's okay to still like Harry and, like, still support mm-hmm. him as as long as you're, you know, not doing that sort of devotion where you just think everything they do is right and you're not thinking about anything else and you're just kind of you know thinking you're not having an opinion for yourself you know yeah the blind loyalty right right I guess that's kind of a problematic thing huh which blind loyalty yeah I mean I, I, I was going to say that so I tried to get around using the word <laughs> I was like oh oh here's the word you're looking for Caitlin. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could use this as a, an education point. We using, <laughs> using the word like blind following or blind blind loyalty is using ableist language. So um, yeah, yeah. So that's why I was trying to avoid it. <laughs> but I mean, we it's a good, it's a good way to learn. <laughs> Learning like, and growing together. To learn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we're all on this same road, you know. I I'm always learning yep. every day. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I was listening to, I think, did I say this on the podcast or was I just talking to my sister? Um, maybe I was just talking to my sister, but, like, Tyler Oakley trying to cut out, like, words like crazy and insane and stuff, which, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like um, are still, like, quite, like, used a lot. Like, I, I yeah. use those words all the time. Um, yeah. I use them all the time, but I feel like I'm allowed because I am Christine. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, like, it's, a, it's an interesting discussion and, like... Yeah. Um, like what I even saw are... a video of um, Colleen Ballinger, who does Miranda Sings, mm-hmm. talking about how she wants to stop using that word because she uses it a lot, which I was very impressed with. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't know her that well, but... Yeah. It's, it's still... It's, it's good to have, like, influencers or YouTubers or people that yeah are making these strides because I I don't really think about it but like I'm I right. every time now I say it, I'm very aware that I'm saying it I'm yeah like, that's probably not so great right um but yeah interesting um but yeah so any any type of like devotion where you're not like having your own opinions and you're just like completely agreeing with everything someone says is, is never a good thing because then you yeah you know lose sight of who you are um, but yeah, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it for the good girl discussion. Do you have any wrap up thoughts about that? I don't think so. I think we covered it pretty well. Okay, so let's move into the lyrical analysis. Um, and we can start with the title Carolina, which mm-hmm. is a name, so it fits in with Anna and Olivia and Diana. Um, but also it's like the shortened form for North or South Carolina. Um, yeah. Definitely for me, it reminds me of Sweet Caroline, the song, which is 
classic oh, yeah. song by Neil Diamond. Touching me, touching you. researching it apparently it's about or like he said it was about two different people on two different dates one of them was about his wife marcia um Uh or his ex-wife the other one was about caroline kennedy jfk's daughter who was 11 at the time i think when he wrote it um yeah so i feel like the sounds are a bit like sweet caroline the song like i feel like musically they sound similar um so Mm -hmm. i don't know if there was any inspiration there but yeah yeah. What else do you have about the title? Um, so I was when I was looking at Genius, a bunch of people seemed to think that this song could be about cocaine. Yeah, Did you I read saw that? that. I feel like it's definitely not. Yeah. Um, but apparently Carolina can be slang for cocaine, which I also have never heard. I feel like um, anything can be slang for anything these days. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I feel like whenever I think of the song, I always think of, like, it's about a girl named Carolina. Like, right. I always forget that Carolina isn't the name of a person. It's just yeah. the name of the place. Right. Yeah, I always think of it as a person named Carolina as well. Yeah. Um, I like the name Carolina, though. I named a dog Carolina once. Oh, yeah, it is a really pretty name. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he called it Carolina, so it does fit in with his name trends even though it's mm-hmm. even though he means states I'm sure he's aware that like people are gonna think it's the name of person yeah. as well um, yeah and the other name ones like Olivia we don't know that that's the name of the person either, right so. um yeah exactly um so then it goes into the beginning of the song <laughs> I mean it doesn't go into the song the song just starts um <laughs> And it starts immediately with this, like, awesome deep, like, bass line. Um, yeah. And there's, like, these shakers going on on top of it. Uh-huh. And you've got the little, oh, yeah, going on. Yeah. I love the intro. Yeah, it's so groovy. And, like, mm-hmm. I think you said it earlier, that, like, whiny sound. That's how I described mm-hmm. it as well. Um, yeah clearly that's that's what it is a whiny sound yeah (laughs) I know when I first heard it I was like oh that sounds like a violin Mm. but now I have no idea what it is do you have that booklet with you yeah so here's the thing though is that it's not so on the booklet do you want me to read the credits yeah so it was produced by Kid Harpoon um and Jeff Basker Alex Salibian and Tyler Johnson and it's kind of written as if Jeff, Alex, and Tyler are, like, a group, and mm-hmm. then Kid Harpoon is, like, separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kid Harpoon also did um, Sweet Creature. Oh. Um, and then on Sweet Creature, he's also credited on background vocals. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the credits are um, vocals, Harry Styles, background vocals, Kid Harpoon, Harry Styles, Mitch Rowland, Alex Libyan, and Tyler Johnson. Acoustic guitar, Alex Libyan, electric guitar and drums, Mitch Rowland, bass, Ryan Massey, piano, Tyler Johnson and Alex Libyan, 
Keys, Alex Libyan, Lap Steel, Ryan Nassi, Claps, Kid Harpoon, and Alex Libyan programming, Tyler Johnson. Oh. So there's a lot going on in this song. Claps for the Carrie's Bex album? Yeah, honestly. (laughs) That would be cool. Yeah. Um, So the little whiny sound, it could be a lap steel. Like, it could be a guitar that was just, you know, edited to sound Mm -hmm. that way. Um, But whatever it is, it's a super cool sound. Yeah. I wonder even if it could be Harry's voice and, like, they manipulate it. Because, like... Yeah. um, You know, it could sound like someone going, like... Right. It's like we the duck sound in woman is Harry's voice and it doesn't sound anything like Harry's voice. So Right. Well it's also interesting because I was listening to this song with headphones and trying to separate the instruments. Mm -hmm. And like it really sounds like there's some like classical instruments that come in Mm -hmm. um after the second chorus, like right before the bridge, I think. Mm -hmm. Um like it really sounds like there's like a bunch of like string instruments that come in it goes like nah, nah, nah. like if you listen to it with headphones you can hear it and i think that like i think if it's like a little tiny piece of a song like they don't have to credit someone like they don't get a musician to come in and record that part like they just take it you know like sample it almost oh okay so I think there could be, like, a violin in there, and it's just not listed because right. it's, like, you know, they didn't have someone come in to record it. Like, they just sampled it from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you can also hear it in the live versions. When he performs it live, you hear that little whiny sound at the beginning. Um, but it sounds much more distorted in the live versions. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just something pre-recorded right. that they're playing. Pressing a button on, like, a keyboard or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's why we need, like, freaking Jeff, Jeff Basker on the podcast. Please talk yeah. us through, like, yeah. all of that. I know. I know. It's also interesting that Kid Harpoon was a producer on this one because I think, yeah, he has him on this one and then Sweet Creature, and then the rest of them are just the same producers. Yeah. I saw um, that when and I was then, looking through, like, on Wikipedia. Yeah, and Kid Harpoon has done um, a lot of Florence and the Machine songs. Oh, interesting. I really yeah. like Florence and the Machine. Me too. She's great. Yeah. So I wonder, like, if he just, like, visited Jamaica or, like, this was done afterwards yeah. and was sent to him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It is interesting to, like, yeah, we just don't know. Yeah. Because I feel like Jeff Basker wasn't there maybe the whole time because he, like, didn't he yeah. have just have, like, a baby or something and, like, he wasn't sure if he wanted to fly to Jamaica to do Harry's album and... Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't know. I remember. But, yeah, interesting. Um, but, yeah, the, the beginning is so good. Like, it's just so groovy. Mm-hmm. Like, it just gets you in. Like, it's just perfect dancing music. Like, I feel yeah. like immediately you're just like, this is awesome. Um, yeah. And you it's can sort very. Of... Sorry, oh, go sorry, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's very, like, slinky. Yeah. Sound. I love that word. Yeah, it's very, like, smooth. And then, yeah, the intro, how you said, it's, like, just the bass and the shakers. Um, and, yeah, it just gets you into a groove. Yeah. And, like, the, you can sort of hear, like, we ha- you have the oh, yeahs, but there's some sort of, like, mm-hmm. whoops going on. And, like, it sounds like there's, like, people in a room. Um, yeah. 
and like we've seen the video on the Apple Music documentary where they're where they're recording this song, and it's just like all of the guys like yeah. moving around with like <laughs> pots and pans and like making noises and like that, it definitely you get that vibe from like listening to it. You can hear all the like extra shouts going on in the background. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I like that. Again, it's that live sound that Harry has on his album by like mm-hmm. including all that like little details that you can pick up on. Um, yeah. Sounds really live. Yeah. Do you have anything else about this little intro? Um, I don't think so. It's just like, it's my favorite part of the song. Like every time I hear it, I yeah. Just like, yeah. So good. Um, so then we go into the first verse, which is, she's got a family in Carolina so far away, but she says, I remind her of home feeling oh so far from home. She never saw herself as a West Coaster, moved all the way because her grandma told her, towns better swim before you drown. Yeah. Um, and there's also, like, the oh yeahs going on throughout it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like his voice is, like, it's a bit more subdued at this part, I would say. Like, Yeah. I, I wrote that I really liked his voice in the chorus because mm-hmm. the way it sounds. It's, I, I wrote whiny. It's not whiny, but it sort of matches the sound of, like, the violin-type instrument in the beginning. Uh-huh. It has that, like, qual- like whiny quality. Whiny is not the right word because whiny is annoying. <laughs> but it has that same quality of, like, splinkiness, I guess. Mm-hmm. In the chorus or in this verse? In the verse. Okay, Sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. In the verse, in the first verse. And then also, like, I really like the melody of it. Like, it's just very, yeah. She's got a family in Carolina. So far away, but she says I remind her of home, feeling oh so far from home. Yeah, I feel like it's super different than a lot of his other verses where he, like, does more, like, vocal tricks. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, there's so much going on in the background of this as well, where, like, yeah. it works to have a more, like, it, it definitely seems like that slinky, like, laid back, like, um, like, it's like he's, it feels like he's like, you know, um, and almost like, not, not quite, but like reminds me of how Zane sings his songs very like loose mouth, like that, not mm-hmm. that Harry's like loose mouth singing his song, but like yeah. that same like chilled out kind of vibe. Right. Um, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you have stuff about like the sounds in this part? Um, not really. I just said that I really liked the melody of the verses and the way he sings them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I wrote that the, like the, the beginning is when, when he starts the verse, it's like acoustic guitars, like strumming. And it's, um it's a very similar, uh, it's a very similar sound to the song stuck in the middle with you oh. by Steeler's wheel. Um, a lot of people related it to that song because it has the same sort of guitar mm-hmm. rift. Um, but then after the first chorus, um, you get electric cart. Or after the first verse, um, you get, like, electric cart. No, actually, it's after the first chorus. You get, like, electric guitars that come in. Okay. So then yeah. it doesn't sound as similar. Yeah. Interesting. To me, to me at least. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know that song, but I'm sure I inserted it when you said it. So, <laughs> oh, I'm sure you know it. Like once you heard, once you hear it, you'll be yeah, like, oh, probably. Right. It's the Grace and Frankie um, theme song. I don't know that. Or opening song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, theme opening. Don't know. <laughs> you'll know it when you hear. It. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, the other thing I had, this isn't so so much the music, but like, and not it's not like just lyrical base. It's just that. Um, I really love the rhyming scheme in this verse and like um, the rhymes mm-hmm. that he used. I thought they were like clever rhymes rather than sort of lazy rhymes. Um, yeah, that's I true. Like, like the West Coaster and then Grandma mm-hmm. Told Her um, mm-hmm. and then the internal line rhyme, which is towns better swim before you drown. Um, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of, there's other times in this song that I'll point out too that I feel like just in the verses, he did a really good job of, like, like his diction is great, where it feels like every word mm-hmm. was, like, picked specifically and, like, was not just used for, like, the lyrical meaning, but, like, sonically, it, it sits really well in, in, like, surrounding words and stuff. Um, yeah. So I like that. Yeah. I found this really interesting thing on Genius. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, I actually but... didn't read Genius this time, and I'm wondering what why I didn't. I guess it was because oh, I was funny. doing. I was kind of distracted because <laughs> um, I was doing yeah. this like while I was testing participants. <laughs> um, right. Well, I didn't read it last time. I've never done it read it before, but then after the last year week, I was like, oh, I want to check it out. Well, it's interesting because the line um, "Towns better swim before you drown." Um, there's a song called Two Girls" by a uh, by a person called Towns Van Dant. And it has a line um, that says, uh, sorry, I keep losing it. You got to swim before you fly. Oh. Um, that some people were referencing, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't list- actually listened to the song. But it's interesting that the artist is named Towns. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that's like a coincidence or if he was aware of that song. Yeah, I feel like I'd have to listen to the song and, like, do more research to mm-hmm. have a better idea. Because, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Because who knows if this grandma actually said this quote. <laughs> like, Right. <laughs> I mean, it just, it, like, rhymes perfectly. So, But it also sounds yeah. like it could be, like, some southern grandma, like, her little phrase. Mm-hmm. Better swim yeah. before you drown. Yeah. Um. Okay, in terms of, like, the meaning of this part, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory um mm-hmm. it's not something that's like uh what does this mean um right it definitely seems like there's this person he met who's from carolina or one of the carolinas yeah um and she's moved to like california and mm-hmm. is homesick and is far away and harry even though he's from england um just like <laughs> reminds her of home like i feel like you can meet people that you're like you, you feel like either like super comfortable with or like um there's just something about them that like makes you feel like you're home again um, yeah even if they're not like from where you're from right um, are there dogs where you are yeah I was hoping you couldn't hear those <laughs> I guess my <laughs> mic is picking up on that I can definitely hear oh damn it's well, like quiet but yeah I'm like in my place but someone's dog must be barking outside oh Ugh. Okay, it seems to have stopped. Let's hope it continues that way. Yeah, it's quiet now. Um, but yeah, so, yeah. And then, and then she never saw herself as a West Coaster. It definitely mm-hmm. paints that picture of, like, um, she maybe was, like, a, t- a small town girl. 
And, like, mm-hmm. she didn't think of herself moving to this, like, big West Coast, like, making that big move all the way to, like, another state across the country. Yeah. Um, but her, her grandma was like, go do it. Go live your life. You better, yeah. you better go before you drown and get, like, stuck here and, like, you can right. never get out. Is how mm-hmm. I sort of interpreted it. Yeah, me too. Um, what else did you think about, like, the lyrics in this verse? Um, I think they're pretty straightforward. Um, so I didn't have, like, yeah, alternative interpretations or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like So Far Away, but she says I remind her of home. Um, and I like Towns Better Swim Before You Drown. Yeah. I like the sounds of those lines. Yeah, it does sound really nice. Um, and yeah. also, like, Towns, while we know it's, like, a name or a nickname or whatever, uh-huh. um, it also, like, the whole just town in general reminds me of, like, like small town versus, like, you know, going to a big city or moving away. Like, um, yeah. Like, calling someone or if the grandma, if we get rid of the fact that we know the story behind this song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, calling someone, like, oh, towns and that could be like a clever nickname for someone who's like a small town person um yeah and then like you better you better go and I guess that like relates back to the whole good girl thing good girl from a small town I feel Mm -hmm. like that fits into the narrative um just Mm -hmm. because we know what's coming in the chorus (laughs) um yeah I don't think we necessarily would have that that like just alone by itself it doesn't spark anything for me this this verse um, yeah, but yeah, you have like this person who lived in a small town and then moved to like the West Coast. I mean, who knows mm-hmm. where it is on the West Coast, but I'm assuming it's like a bigger city. Yeah. Um. So yeah, anything else about this part? Oh, I was gonna say I love the specificity of having like, um, like a quote from a grandma and like. Yeah, me too all that stuff. It like that's that whole thing of that we were talking about of like even though it might be like super specific about like someone else's experience that like makes it more relatable when you're listening to it. Um, yeah. And like it really seems to like paint the picture well and I love just like the storytelling in this. I feel like he gives a lot of details. It reminds me of like I mean not not I mean <laughs> not completely, but like it reminds me of um uh piano man where he talks about very specific things about each mm-hmm. of like the characters lives in mm-hmm. in that song and like their past yeah. and like why they're there and their stories um and i like that harry has that specificity for this person and like he's in like this part he's like making her feel like um like a full person with like a whole a wholeness <laughs> and multifaceted yeah. and all that yeah i stuff. like all the storytelling and like descriptions mm-hmm. for sure yeah um, I really like her grandmother. She seems cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like that's, that's all I pretty much had for this part. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> um, so moving on into the chorus. Um, she's a good girl. She's a such a good girl. Yeah, she's a good girl. She feels so good. Um, and there's the la 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 is going on in the background of this as well. Yeah. Um, and often, li- often live on this part instead of the last line she feels so good he sings she's so good um Mm -hmm. sometimes it changes yeah um I love the la la's going on in the background of this I think it's so much fun yeah she's a good girl 
It just makes it feel, like, so, like, upbeat and, like, uh, almost, like, on edge a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Because you've got this, like, intense, like, heartbeat thing going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and also live, he sings the She Feels So Good. Um, uh, I don't know, this the way he, he sings that. He often goes into, like, the falsetto. Um, and it feels like, just the, again yeah. with his, like, him emoting from his voice, where, like, it feels like he's really, like, feeling it in the moment. Like, he's, like, imagining uh-huh. it in his head and he's, like, flashing back or whatever. Um, uh-huh. And I love the way, like, his voice reflects, like, the lyrics and the emotion of the song there. Yeah. Um, did you have stuff about, like, the music and the, the sound? Um, in general, like, I don't love the la la la. Really? <laughs> Oh my god, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I do when I'm listening to it. I get into it. But like, I don't know. There's something about the La La La's in general. I think I think it's not always my favorite in a song. Mm-hmm. There's something a little bit carnival-y about it oh, that, okay. I, that I don't love. Mm-hmm. But that said, <laughs> I like them in the chorus. I think it works. And it's like a fun chorus to sing really loud yeah. and like jam out to. And it's definitely like, achieved the you know fun um thing they were going for mm-hmm. um yeah and I, I really like um the when he says feel so good in a falsetto and I think in the studio version it's just after the second chorus yeah that he does yeah. that he doesn't do it in the first one but in the second chorus he does this falsetto and I love that part yeah that's so pretty yeah. Um, I feel like with the La La La's, I, for some reason it makes me like, what What movie was this? I feel like it was like a Disney Channel movie where they're like... Really? I don't know, like there were like two people like playing violins and it was like this like back and forth between like the violins or strings or something. Oh. I don't know what I'm yeah. thinking of. But that's what like the La La La's remind me of for some reason. Like like yeah. a competition of like the La La La's and then Harry singing and it's this like, uh, <laughs> like tension between the two. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it reminds me of the Beatles a lot. Yeah, that too. Definitely this whole song is very Beatles-y. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beatles-esque. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, okay, so then we have, um, I mean, we talked about the, the phrase good girl and, like, the weight that mm-hmm. carries. Um, yeah. And so in the context, he has this repetition of, she's a good girl, she's such a good girl, yeah, she's a good girl. And then in mm-hmm. the last line, he, like, sort of flips it on his head. She feels so good. So, like, using mm-hmm. sort of the similar words, but um, changing it. So, like, you get this idea of, like, oh, this, you know, she fits this, like, good girl image. But mm-hmm. then you have, again, that, like, um, the, the she feels so good, which is very sexual. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, like, uh, the that dichotomy we were talking about, about, like, good girl, bad girl, and, like, the bad girl mm-hmm. being, like, just for his sexual pleasure. Um, yeah. Yeah. What else do you have about that, like, in this context? I do – I like the line, she feels so good, a lot, but only on its own. Right. Like, coming after she's such a good girl, she feels so good. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That's a little gross. But I like she feels so good on its own. Yeah. Me too. Because, like, that's, like, great. You're talking about, like, you're, you know, talking about your sex life. Like, yeah, you know, open up about sex. Great. Let's talk. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, because it's, like, a reflection of 
the she's a good girl, it's like, mm. yeah, yeah. I feel like when I'm listening to it, I just I don't I like don't think of it of the things that bother me about it, mm-hmm. and I enjoy it, and I, I just like it. Yeah, because I just go into denial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same. I just like I just like to think of my own like sexy version of the song, and that's how yeah. I live my life when I sing this song. Um, yeah. But you know, so I guess the other thing was like, did he think he was being like smart? Where he's like, I am going to like flip the image of a good girl, and like, uh, you know, like he was the one trying to, like, reclaim it, where it's, like, a good girl can be bad. And, like, maybe he thought, like, in his head this was, like, him being, like, oh, you're thinking she's a good girl, but also she's having sex, so, like, she can have more than one side. I, like, that, I I could picture him thinking that that's what he thought, like, the meaning was, where it was, like, him trying to turn the phrase good girl on its head, but yeah, I don't. That's possible. I don't think that's what he was thinking. <laughs> I also don't think he has the right to turn it on its head. Like if a woman yeah. sang it, she could turn it on its head. But yeah, I think it's more like it. I think it's more fits into the good girl thing because it's like, oh yeah, like she's a good girl and like mm-hmm. we're like having sex. Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So, oh, things to think about. <laughs> Um, yeah. Do you have anything else about this chorus? Um, I don't think so. So then moving on into the next verse, which is, she's got a book for every situation, gets into parties without invitations. How could you ever turn her down? There is not a drink that I think could sink her. How would I tell her that she's all I think about? Well, I guess she just found out. The harmonies in this part are so good I love this mm-hmm. verse um like uh, the situation that comes in when he says yes. situation. that reminds me so much of like the Beatles yeah um, the when I love that the how could you ever turn her down and in the background you hear it's down 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 like you hear the I love that part. And also after um, I wrote it down. So after the down, down, down part is when you can hear these like strings come in. There's not a drink that I think could sink up. How would I tell her that she's all I think about? Well, I guess she does find she's- Oh, okay. It's like down, down, down. And it's like all these like strings come in in that little bit interesting why yeah. wouldn't they credit that yeah um and then the out is so pretty the dragged out out i guess she just found mm-hmm. out or whatever he says yeah um, yeah just found out. that's so nice so i really love like what they did with this i think it sounds so cool um yeah i really like the pacing of the verses like the words like mm-hmm. it's really fun to sing like she's got a book for every situation yes. gets into parties without invitation like there's something really satisfying about mm-hmm. the it's I don't know like, what the word is uh like the 
I don't know, not the beat, but like the syncopation is like, she's got to yeah. look for every situation. <laughs> like, yeah, and then there's like, there's not a drink that I think could sink her. It's just really satisfying to, to say and to sing. Line. Yeah, the words and like arrangement of them is really good. Yeah, that's like, I feel like this is, his, in this song, the verses are just so strong. Like, mm-hmm. the word choice. And he was really thinking about how they would sound together. And they're not, like I said earlier, they're not just words that, like, make a pretty image. But they also sound good and are satisfying to say. There's not a yeah. drink that I think could sink her. Like, all that mm-hmm. internal rhyme in that line is so good. There's not a drink that I think could sink her. Yeah. Situations yeah. and invitation, like... Uh, it just it is such a cool song and I, I do also like like I mean it's such a good verse I like the I like the image that this whole thing creates as well like I like the story mm-hmm. that he's telling about this girl in this part um, I feel yeah. like he's creating her in the verses as this like multifaceted person who like reads books and like likes to party and um, she drinks uh, mm-hmm. and like she's got all these different parts to her um, yeah so I like the way that she becomes a person in these verses, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think with, I don't know if we really talked about this before, but I think with the chorus, like, it also, like, the context, because we were saying, like, how, you know, the context of it is that there's, like, a his, there's, like, historical implications of mm-hmm. what it means. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, if, if, if that didn't exist, like, if, if, you know, sexism didn't exist or something, and he was singing, like, she's such a good girl. And then, like, this whole song, like, it wouldn't have the same meaning. Right. And you'd like to be able to think, like, oh, he just doesn't know. Like, he did mean it innocently. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but. But then, like, yeah, like, how you were saying, when you read these verses, like, she's such, like, a, a developed person with all these details and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so it's, like, a stark contrast to then with the chorus. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I feel like you might assume that he would write the, um, like, the verses to, like, fit that good girl image, you know? Yeah. Because, like, right. oh, it's going, oh, she's such a good girl, let me show you why. But I feel like the verses don't support that good girl image, you know? Like, yeah, it's showing, like, she reads books, but also she parties. So that's right there, you right. have that, like, good girl, bad girl thing. Um, right. But it's just, like, parts of her. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I love that. She's got a book for every situation. What a great line. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering, like, do you take it as, like, that means she has, you know, she she's always reminded of a book that she's read? Like, if something happens, she's like, oh, this reminds me of that book. Like, every situation she has mm. a book. Or do you take yeah. it as, like, you know, she always has books for, like, if she goes to the beach, there's, like, a book for that. If she, like you know, is on a long car ride, there's a book for that that she likes to take. Yeah, I think I took it more as the latter, like she reads a lot. Okay. Yeah, but what about you? I, I don't know why, I mean, I take it that she reads a lot, but at first, I'm, mm-hmm. like, I interpret it as, like, the first one where, like, she's yeah. always reminded, like, you know, you could have a song for every situation, but right. instead she has, like, a book for every situation, where she's always yeah. like, oh, this, this, like, reminds me of this thing I read in a book, like, I don't know. Yeah, I like that. Um, but yeah, I guess it could be either. But I love that line. 
Mm-hmm. Um, gets into parties without invitations. And then how could you ever turn her down? To me, mm-hmm. um, that, like, has that double meaning of, like, her getting into parties without invitations. So, like, maybe there's, mm-hmm. like, someone at the door checking names off of a list and somehow she mm-hmm. gets in even though, like, she wasn't on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, how could he ever turn her down? Um, yeah. And, like, that makes me think that, like, that puts her, that, like, defies gender roles in that, like, she's the one asking him out or, like, asking him for something. Um, mm. How could he ever turn her down? Yeah. Like, she's the one taking control of that situation. Yeah. Yeah, I read it just as, like, she's, like, very desirable. She's mm. a desirable person. Like, she gets into parties, even if she's not invited. Like, yeah, I could never turn her down because she's, like, a super desirable person. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I have? The internal rhyming. There's not a drink that I think could sink her, so she, she can she can hold her her drinks well. Mm-hmm. Again, like going against the stereotypes of women can't hold alcohol. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, so like I feel like a lot of these lines are like compelling, <laughs> uh-huh. and like I like them a lot, and I like how he paints her. It's in a pretty positive light. Yeah. Um, how would I tell her uh, she's all I think about? Um, yeah. Again, that's Harry, like, breaking the, the that wall of him, like, being aware that he's writing about someone. Um, yeah. Because he says, then, well, I guess she just found out. Right, exactly. Which is, yeah, very. Um, and we see that in Anna, too. But in Anna, right. he, like, doesn't want her to find out. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but in this one, he's, like, like being a, it's a bit cheeky, the tone, I guess, like. It is. You know, it's very like, whoopsie, just found out. Like, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, it's also interesting because when you read these verses, it sort of seems to be like he's, like, still obsessed with this person. Right. And, like, still wants, like, more of a relationship. Yeah. Because he's like, how how would I tell her that she's all I think about? I guess she just found out. Yeah. Like, if you're still thinking about her. Yeah, it's, like, one of those situations where, like you, like, have a crush on someone or, like, you met someone and, like, maybe it's, like, you didn't really know them that well or you didn't Mm -hmm. meet them, like, properly. But, like, for some reason they stick in your head and, like, they have zero idea that you're still thinking about them, whether it's, like, you know, days later, weeks later, months later. Yeah. They have no idea, but, like, they somehow impacted you where, like, all of this is going on in your head. Um, Mm -hmm. I always find that so funny. Yeah, me too. Oh, I wanted to, I guess, like, I guess question, like, what this relation should be, regardless of what we know about, like, real life. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Because, like, it seems like he knows, like, pretty intimate details about whoever this person is. Like, for someone you just met to know, like, about their grandma and where they're from and for them to, like, talk about how they miss home and, Mm -hmm. like, all this other stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, where do you see, like what do you see as this relationship? Like what level is it at? I guess, unfortunately, because I know the real story, it's hard to separate it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know the real story, but like the, you know, rumored story is that they like went on a blind date. Mm -hmm. And so I can see that happening. Like, you know, you, if, even if you were to just meet up with someone like one time, like you could have had conversations for, you know, you could have talked for hours and like, gotten all this information about her you know and especially like with the first verse you know that could that is definitely something that someone would say to you in first meeting you like 
you know, Mm -hmm. I'm from Carolina. Like, I don't, I'm like, not sure that I see myself living here. Like my grandma said I should move here. (laughs) Like it seems like something you would say to someone you first meet them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second verse is a little bit more, it seems a little bit more intimate. Like, um, like there's not a drink that I think could sink her. I mean, I guess maybe if you were like drinking, drinking that, you know, when you were, when you met or something, but that seems more like you've known the person for a longer time mm-hmm. and seen them drink on multiple occasions. They're like, wow. And like, no, drink. <laughs> no, about like how they read so much and like have a book yeah. for every situation. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think, but I, but I still, when I listen to it, I, I think I do think of like, of you know they don't know each other that well right like maybe they just met a handful of times yeah it definitely um, but then he, seems he just thinks way. about them yeah yeah because they like made a really strong impression mm-hmm. yeah or they just like, had like a really good time together right because like he wouldn't he wouldn't say he wouldn't be acting as though she would never think of him if it was like something big and deep or whatever like two ghosts like yeah where they where it seems like they both know that they think about each other and it's like all like um like, you know, it was a deeper relationship versus, like, someone where they wouldn't even think that you think about them because it was, like, something so small, but for some reason, like, you really impacted. Mm -hmm. So then moving on into the next chorus, which is, she's a good girl, she's such a good girl, yeah, she's a good girl, she feels so good, she feels so good. Um, And you can hear Harry's voice getting, like, even more, like, emotional and intense here like the gruffness of his voice comes out yeah like I I on like a lot of the words you can hear like when he says it he like such and like he puts that uh, like at the mm-hmm. end of a lot of the words like good like <laughs> I yeah know, he, like really like pushes his voice on these parts and like the mm-hmm. words have that like extra uh, sound Um, yeah. I feel like it puts, like, a lot of emotion in it. Um, mm-hmm. And this is also where that, the second, the she feels so good is, like, that falsetto. Um, yeah. It I just feels, like, so floaty and, like, mm-hmm. sexy. Yeah, and I like the way that it moves into the bridge, too, because he's kind of, like, singing very loudly and, like, the music's loud and it's, like, la, 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 and it's kind of frantic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he does that falsetto, she feels so good, and then all the music kind of, like, dies, like, like not dies down, but, like, gets really quiet. Yeah. And then it goes into the bridge where it's just very sparse music. I yeah. like that a lot. I think frantic is like the perfect word. I was trying to describe that like tension, that composition mm-hmm. of the lalas. It does feel like frantic. It's like mm-hmm. intenseness that's happening. Yeah, and it's also, like, climactic. What the heck? (laughs) What is the word I'm trying to say? I feel like that is it, because you have anticlimactic. (laughs) So it's got to be climactic. I'm losing my mind. That sounds like a fake word. (laughs) I don't know. It does sound weird. Climactic. I guess maybe I read it more than I say it. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Like, the the um the melody is going up when they're mm. saying like la 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 so it adds to that yeah. like frantic like like something's gonna happen feeling yeah oh I love that yeah 
Okay, so then we go into the bridge where it's, I met her once and wrote a song about her. I want to scream. Yeah, I want to shout it out. And I hope she hears me now. And, if, mm-hmm. and again, he's like, now. <laughs> yeah. Now. live version a lot of people clap at this part like put clap a beat mm, mm-hmm. um, did you have things about the sounds here um just what I said before about how like it gets really frantic in the chorus and mm-hmm. then kind of quiets down for this little bridge yeah um, and then you can really hear his voice and he's singing that same way he was singing the verses it's very sort of slinky and mm-hmm. kind of soft yeah I like it a lot yeah um, so then the meaning, yeah, then here we have, like, he met her once and wrote a song about her. Right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, <laughs> they met once. Um, of uh-huh. course it could be like, he met her once and like, he wrote a song about her, but then like, they met a whole bunch of other times, but like, right, in that exactly. first meeting, he wanted to write a song, um, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he flew back to Jamaica and wrote a song and <laughs> that was it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it also could be like. I met her once and wrote a song about her, and, like, that song is a different song. Yeah, true. And, like, this is, yeah, like, this song they came up with later, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, because, like, this is him being self-aware of being a songwriter. Yeah, he doesn't say, I met her once and wrote this song about her. Right. But maybe he's, like, being, like, cheeky, like, oh, yeah, I wrote a song about her. Uh, It's like the, you're so vain, you probably think this song is about you. Yeah. Um, Like that. (laughs) I don't know. Uh-huh. I wrote this song. I wrote a song. Um, yeah. Um, and I hope she hears me now. So yeah, that's him. I love this. I want to scream. Yeah, I want to shout it out. I feel like this yeah. is that same thing we've talked about in for like Meet Me in the Hallway and Anna, where it's like he has this like over abundance of emotions and like he mm-hmm. needs to channel it some way. And it's like, he just wants to scream and shout it out. And when he sings, he really, like, does that, especially in the live versions. He's just, like, trying to get this emotion out because it's so overwhelming, whether that be, like, mm-hmm. him lying on the floor and meet me in the hallway or or in Anna, like, him just being, like, I can't even handle how gorgeous this person is. Like, it makes yeah. me think, like, when we were describing Niall's album, we are like, oh, he's so, like, so, like emotion. Like, he talks about his emotions and is, like, super mm-hmm. self-aware. Um, but, like, Harry definitely, like, expresses his emotions in his songs, but it's, like, in a different way, where, where like, Niall picks apart his, his like, emotions and is very, like, methodical and composed about it and, like, interprets mm-hmm. them. Harry's just kind of like, bam, this is how I feel. Like, maybe yeah. I don't, like, yeah. understand them, but I'm just like, these are my emotions. Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, me too. So then we go into the la-la-la part. Mm-hmm. Um and I love this. I feel like it works so well. And I mean, he uses Lala's a lot, like on Woman, Medicine, mm-hmm. Anna. Um, but I really, really like this. And then in the live version, yeah. he has that la, 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 which is really uh-huh. cool. I'm going to have to listen to a live version because I can't picture what you're talking about. Oh, you have. I, I don't know if he still does it, but it's on that original one. Um, really? Okay, yeah, I'll go I th- listen. I think he probably still does. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe I just, like the ones I listen to happen to not have. Yeah, it. maybe because I feel like he changes stuff a lot um, for different shows. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I really like these la la las. I think they're so much fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, and even they're like it's so basic, but still, I'm like yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what did you think of this? Um, I thought it was nice to have a little interlude mm-hmm. in the song. That's just yeah, music and um, yeah. I feel like because it's it's like kind of a short song. I guess because he sings the cor- the verses like fast. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it's actually a lot of words. Yeah. But then there's, like, extra time for there to be this little la-la-la mm-hmm. bit in. Yeah, it's fun. And then it goes into the chorus again. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a good girl. She's such a good girl. She's a good girl. Feels so good. She feels so good. She feels so good. She feels so good. She's a good girl. She feels so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And... <laughs> Uh, that's the end of the song. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like I really like the, the repetition of she feels so good. She feels so good. It really feels like he's in that moment, like feeling it like with uh-huh. all this repetition. <laughs> um, and I, I think this is just like, he, Harry likes like big epic endings to songs. And I feel yeah. like this has like a lot of that like epicness added in. Um, in the live version, he changes the lyrics to like, I've heard both you made me feel so good and yeah, babe, you feel so good. I know, it's interesting that he changes up the lyrics a little bit. Yeah. I always wonder if, like, that was just, like, on the spot or if he, like, thought about it ahead mm. of time. Like, was that what they practiced? He, like, sat down and was like this is what I'm going to do or did it yeah. just like happen naturally <laughs> yeah um, yeah but I really like I also really enjoy the ending of the last chorus when he's repeating feels so good that's also like one of my favorite parts of the song um, yeah yeah it was like very like intense and like And, like, yeah, live, he just, like, really goes for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you can just feel the passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very passionate. Yeah, and then, like, at the very end, like, it starts to pull back the instruments, which I think is interesting. this like intense like instruments like whatever the frantic feeling and then it starts to pull uh-huh. back um, yeah and like the music gets lighter and lighter and then it's just like guitar and like someone hitting that pot <laughs> or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah i really like the little guitar like at the end of the little melody that it does mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and then you have the falsetto um, as well. And then the last, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also really like the last, oh, yeah, when it's, yeah. like, all the instruments are cut out. and just like, whoop, oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I feel like it's a really good ending to the song. Yeah. 
Um, okay, that was all the lyrics. Um, do you have any wrap-up thoughts about anything else, <laughs> seeing as we are uh, <laughs> two hours and 20 minutes into the episode and I haven't even added in the extra clips yet? I do not have any more thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, I feel like this was a good discussion. Like, we definitely got in that good girl talk. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, like, there's also a lot of other stuff in this song. And, like, I feel like the verses... Like, the reason I love this song so much is, like, the music. I I really, yeah. really love the music. And, and not just the music. The verses, I feel like, are some of the strongest songwriting he has on the album. Like, I feel like they're, um, there's just so much detail and it paints such a great, like, picture and a great character comes to life, um, in this song and you get a lot of detail, um, whereas, like, if you think of the song, like, Woman, um, Mm -hmm. maybe you don't, it's not, it's not so, uh, like, concrete, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of, like, more vague, and the lines aren't necessarily lines where you're like, oh, that's really interesting, you know? Right. Um, like, I feel like there's a lot of lines in these verses that sound really cool and, like, like paint a really interesting image um, mm-hmm. and sonically are interesting. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I really, I like, I like a lot of those aspects of the song. I mean, the chorus is problematic, mm-hmm. um, but it's hard to just write off the whole song because the rest of the song is really interesting for me. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um. All right. So let us know what your thoughts are on this song um, and how you, like, take it. Do you just sort of not listen to it? Do you not mind it? Do you, like, have your own interpretation of the lyrics where, like, you make it fit, like, your own narrative? Um, and anything like that. What would you replace the the lyric good girl with? Let us yeah. know. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, thank you so much for listening to episode 137 of Talk Direction. You can follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. You can email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Go to our Tumblr, which is talkdirection.tumblr.com, or our Instagram, which is just talkdirection. And you can follow us individually. I'm Caitlin I.R. Foster on Twitter and Instagram. And Lucia, where can they find you? Um, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O. L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H. And you can also check out patreon.com slash talkdirection for a whole bunch of bonus content, including videos and mini podcast episodes every single week. Um, And today we're going to be talking about Niall on Twitter and... Um, the the babies and the dads he encountered, as well as we're going to continue this conversation of what Harry should do um, in terms of writing his next album and, like, themes that we want to see versus um, tropes we don't want to see and, like, that relate to, like, the whole good girl and feminism and sexism um, mm-hmm. and how he can avoid these types of things in the future. Um, so go check that out on patreon.com slash talk direction. You can rate, brew and rate review and subscribe on <laughs> iTunes um, as well as on SoundCloud. And that is everything. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time for episode 138. Bye. It's like I paid for it. It's like I paid for it. I'm gonna pay for this. 